in five, four, three, two, one. Are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> No, not, nothing to you? Try the other one. How's this? There we go. The, the, the mics were all... Somebody was in here today. I don't know if KRC did the show here, but the mics were all twisted in, in different places today. So there we go. We've got it figured out. All right. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday. Oh, without a hiccup, right? June 13th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, the remote studios here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Visit business.louisville.com. .edu to see what the U of L College of Business can do for you. Would you like to have your MBA? Would you like to have it in just 12 months? U of L College of Business can make that happen for you. Visit business.louisville.edu to see how. On the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. It's Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a Tuesday. Uh, TK, it's a lovely day. We got Khaleesi in studio today, intern Khaleesi. Uh, she wanted to come to work. She's looking fantastic. She's brightening up the studio. This is the the dark studio that has one light on. She's she's still making it brighter here. She's already sleeping. She's already sleeping. That's a, she she got her hellos out of the way. She made herself comfortable. Now she's um she's ready to call it a show. Plop down over here. She's ready to go out. We maintain her interest for a solid 30 seconds into the show, which is more than we can say for most people who tune in. But uh, how are you on this Tuesday afternoon, TK? Good Tuesday. Not too bad Tuesday. How about yourself? I'm okay. No, I'm, I've I got mean, a little bit of an issue. Because, I mean, you've had more of a day than I have already, not knowing even what you've done, but knowing that, you know, I woke up at 2 o'clock and you woke up at probably 7. I woke up early, yeah. I mean, 6 maybe. The problem with today is, so we're doing... We're going on vacation next week. That will be. I, I will not be on the air next week. And going on vacation when you've got two small children, like the week before, is like just prep for vacation. It's just all the stuff you've got to do. It's we, more work to get to, so you can relax that week. It's well, there's no relaxing either. It's so much work to watch your kids in another part of the country, which is all vacation is at this point in our parenthood lives. Like it's just it's doing the same stuff, which is a beach tossed in. Like, I think you're using the word vacation wrong. It's, it does not feel like a vacation. <laughs> I don't think you, you can technically call it a vacation. I feel confident. It, it's not. I mean, you ask, like a field trip. Like Greer was talking about, he's got, and Greer's only got one. So I don't know why he's complaining, but he's like, yeah, eh, it's really. just it's watching my kid in a different boat. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, we had to fly with him. I'm like, well, get over it. You're fine. You got one. Talk to me when you have two or three. So you should talk to my mom. She, she knew how to do vacations right with kids. Give them, give them their own hotel room and, and, and come back and see them in three days. If I could do that, I would. 
But now, granted, you might have a hotel bill that, that buys Good Morning Vietnam 22 times at like $15 a pop. <laughs> you may get that in, your, in the end, but you at least will have a good time until you find out your bill. We're not at that point yet. We cannot leave the three-year-old and the one-year-old alone in a hotel room. But they can, they can survive the Amazon. They can survive a hotel room. Maybe a year from now. We'll see what <laughs> happens. But uh, today, I, one of the things we have to do, because we're, we're driving down to Hilton Head. So I had to get the the car serviced. It had been a while since the oil changed, taking in the dealer, all that stuff. Take it in. I'm thinking, you know, 11.15 is the appointment. They say it usually takes an hour to an hour and a half. They're like, we'll see you in an hour and a half. Hour and, a half. and I go inside, bring the computer, get some work done. All fine. Going a little bit longer than an hour and a half, not 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 great, not ideal. It's going way longer than an hour and a half. It's I, I check in, I'm like, hey, what's going on? It's been about two and a half hours, and they're like, well, you know, you, you had something. There's a recall here. You had something that needed to get fixed. Your the button the, that shows you like when your fuel's low was a, needed to be replaced, and you know you, you can't have that being. You got a thrown Johnson rod. And it's one of those. Where I'm like, okay. At, at this point, like I'm like, I just need to make sure I can get out of here so I can get to the radio show. I'm like, I, I don't want to do the show from from Oxmoor Toyota here. I, I don't want to do it. Uh, but at like two thirty, after like over three hours, three hours and fifteen minutes, the car's finally ready. Uh, it's, it costs more than it usually does. I'm like, whatever. Just I'll, I'll pay it. Let's get out of here. Go home. Like slam a quick like protein bar. Head over here, grab an apple. Haven't even touched the apple. It's right here, and this, this is the first I've eaten all day. And so it's like it just took my my entire day. Like something that should have taken an hour and a half. Like you know, it should have been like the part of the late morning, early afternoon is taken my. It's, it's basically been my entire day. We've so had pretty much the same day, except I slept and you sat obnoxious. in the waiting room. It's 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 been obnoxious. Well, how how was the Monday evening then? Must have been a little better, right? Monday evening was good. Um, I f- was mostly focused on the hilarious Reds game last night, which was one of the funnier ten innings that you're the ever Reds going to game, see. Reds game, actually. Oh my god! I mean, I, I could spend the entire show talking about this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, it's Tuesday the thirteenth. I mean, we didn't really not much else we're going to talk about. I guess right let's talk about. It. Okay. But the Reds last night, I, I watched more of this. I was flipping back and forth between this and the, the Nuggets game. I wish I'd known the Reds were on. I would have maybe watched it instead of rewatching the entire 1999 NFC Championship game. Well, that's another option. You could it was have. a fun game, though. I mean, the Nuggets game was, was close enough. I was flipping back and forth. And I was having a heart. But like, the, the Reds game was, was enthralling. So the Reds last night, they, you know, they're, they're playing the Royal Tour really bad. And they get down 3-0 early because Reds starting pitching can't get through the first three innings without giving up a run ever. But they get down, they chip away, they chip away, they, they do the Reds thing, they chip away. They take the lead in the ninth at 4-3. And you're like, okay, awesome. Like, let's lock this thing down. And going into the night, their bullpen was insanely thin. Like, Diaz has thrown three games in a row. All these guys have been overworked. All their good relievers, basically, besides Buck Farmer, were, were off limits last night. I thought you hated Buck Farmer. He's been better recently. Okay. I remember, I remember the name. I was like, you don't usually forget a name like Buck Farmer. Well, they all suck besides Diaz, but Buck Farmer's been like the he and Lucas Sims are like the only other guys who are decent. Young's okay. okay, but so last night they've they've very few guys are even available, and you're like, all right, if if ever there was a time for Weaver to pitch deep into a game, this would be it. Of course he can't, and they're into the bullpen. Bullpen's doing okay, but so Farmer pitches the eighth, and then he comes in in the eighth, gets two gets guys out with runners on second and third. Saves the day a little bit. Pitches right. the ninth. Gets the first two guys to ground out. We're up one. One out away from from locking this thing up. Very simple. Save the bullpen arms. We're good to go. Gives up a home run to Salvador Perez. No, Perez. he doesn't. That's not what Perez is still playing. He was. He's barely. He's like, like he's what he on the World Series Royals team. He I was think. like limping around the bases. He, he got beat up last <laughs> night too. Kurt Douglas walking around there. He kind of was. He it's kind of, he got hit a bunch. 
Um, so it goes to the it goes to the tenth inning. In his high thirties. <laughs> it kind of I mean it kind of ended up coming back to bottom. So the Reds in the tenth inning, they have a guy on third. T.J. Friedel is on some third. Ground ball. They throw home to try to get him. It's not a force. He had to tag it. Perez drops the ball, tags him with the glove, but still has the ball in the other hand. He's. They call him out initially. They review it. He's safe. So the Reds score. They go up five four. The only guy they have available in their bullpen to pitch is this kid Ricky Karcher, who just got called up from the bats. And he is a kid. We actually faced him when he pitched at Michigan. He pitched at Michigan for one year. We played him in the regional. He ended up going to a JUCO. He's got he he's basically the best way I can describe him is he's the real life version of Ricky Vaughn. Like he's got insane stuff. He's got no idea where it's going. Like, yeah, I, none. I, I've heard him come in and, and save opportunities for the bats a few times this season. So, and, and his numbers in Louisville were atrocious. Yeah. I think his ERA was like nine point three six or something. He had a ton of strikeouts and like an insane amount of walks. So everybody, like last night, you know, in the top of the tenth, they're like the Reds may need three runs here to even have a shot. Like, like we have no idea how this is going to go for Ricky Carter. So he comes in and looks just like this goofy dumbass. Like he's he's grinning. Uh, Kirk Casale, the catcher, runs out there and like starts, tries to talk to him, and like his grin goes away very quickly. And it's like I don't. He very clearly doesn't has no idea how to handle the situation. He comes in, walks the first guy on five pitches. Like he he's nowhere near the zone. It it, it is bad. The next guy, he actually gets dude hits a rope to center field. For some reason, the, the runner, Landon, is, is, who's really fast, does not tag up at second. He stops his tag. That was a gift. Next guy comes up. The runners steal second and third because he's not paying any attention to them. He gets down 3-0. Almost throws two pitches like, into the crowd. They're so high. He's, he's not even close. Dude tries to bunt before the runner steal. The ball's going right at his face. It hits the bat. Like, he, he literally almost killed a guy. Like That's not hyperbole. I'm pretty sure that Tremel would have died if that ball didn't hit his bat. Anyways, he gets down 3-0. They get called for a batter's delay a game, which is a strike, automatic strike. He's not in the box soon enough. Carter comes out out of nowhere after like, the Royals manager comes out and argues. It kind of settles him down out of not like after not being able to find the zone at all. Throws a slider for a strike and then gets the dude to pop up. So you get second and third, two outs. The last guy comes up. He almost throws two more pitches over to the backstop. Like, he's just, you have no idea where the ball is going. Almost gets a strikeout. Ends up getting the dude to fly out. It was the craziest save. Like, Jeff Brantley, the cowboy, who's hilarious, who does Red's radio a lot and now is doing more TV, he, like, can't keep it together. He's, like, laughing his ass off at how hilarious this entire spectacle is because it's so clear the kid is just electrifying stuff. No idea what to do with it. No idea how to be a pitcher. And then he does the postgame interview with Jim Day, and the entire team stands out there to like watch him do the interview. And he, he's answering the question. It's the worst interview of all time slash the best interview of all time. If you haven't seen it, he's like, I don't know, man. I, I don't. And he gets quiet. He just goes, holy bleep. He like says the word. Like, holy yes. Like, like just says it. And Jim Day's like, that's okay. We're on we're on basic cable here. It's, it's fine. It's, it's going to be okay. Like every question, he's just like, I don't know, man. This is crazy. I, I, I don't know. It was just a wild ass game. He is. Like the closest thing I've ever seen to actual Ricky Vaughn, real life Ricky Vaughn. Just he, no idea what, what he's doing out there. He came in a few different appearances over this season. I think last season as well. And I just remember when I could talk to like Nick and Jim like during the break, which I can't do anymore. Which I know that they've considered quitting their jobs because of this. <laughs> I've heard that there's been a boycott possibly. Uh, but I just remember saying something to Nick. I was like, they just did. They just really like this kid because it's like the third save he's blown. They're like. I think he's got the stuff. I'm like, 
does he? He's like, he's got something. He's got something <laughs> he's for got sure. Something. I was like, because I, I think I want to say he he may have had us saved this year with Louisville, but I, and I think he had a few last year. But I mean, he had at least I, I can't. I think he had at least blown at least three of the four saves he went for this year. I just sent you the interview if you want to play it. It's only like forty seconds long, and it, it they, cursing they, it, they blank it? out the curse words from the the official Reds account. But it was, I mean. Like, I, I'm watching this. I'm like, why did we call this kid up? Like, he very clearly is not ready for this moment. It was, I assume you. I, I, asked, I asked him why they called him up from Chattanooga after the first couple of batters. I, I mean, I literally tweeted, "Just bring in Diaz and let him throw left-handed." Like, like the, we have a better shot of getting out of this thing. I've never been more surprised by a save in my entire life. It's the first time a Reds player has had a save in his first major league appearance since like 1946 or something before saves were even an official stat. And he got there after almost legitimately killing a guy, like almost killed a guy, almost threw seven balls. His pitch chart, I, I tweeted out last night, is the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's got like a few pitches in the strike zone. He's got four pitches that are above the dude's head and like three that are just so far in the ground they don't even make it to the plate. He was a little hyped. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen, but this was the post-game interview. All right, guys, thank you very much. I will. This scene right now... With the entire team waiting for Ricky Karcher to do this interview. <laughs> How's this feel right now? It's like a it's like a movie, bro. Ooh, yeah. I feel like I, it doesn't even feel real, man. It's, it's incredible. Holy <laughs> Wow. God, I mean. All right, live TV, we're good. We're on cable. How are you able to manage through that? I don't know, man. I mean, confidence in my slider, I guess. Yeah. I, uh... He's dousing water for water, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like a nuclear a little bit. I was gonna, I was gonna say he was like a mix between like John Moxley and like like I'm trying to think of another like like a good old kind of country boy meets like a movie, bro. <laughs> like nuclear. Yeah. The thing is, and the interview. I, I kind of wanted him to go third person, like Ricky Star. Ricky Car- Carter's only one man. <laughs> he gets asked like three or four more questions, all along the same lines about you know you come in like you're wild, have a chance to get a save in your major league debut. Has this feel and all this and it, you know, everything. He's just like, this is wild, man. It's I, I don't even know. I, I don't even. It, it was just like he. He looks like a dude, and this is not I'm not saying he did this, but he looks like a dude who popped like 50 pills in the bullpen during the game because he thought there was no chance that he was going to see the, the mound. Like, he just looked like he was completely out of it. Even David Wells drunk through a perfect game. Oh, my God. It, <laughs> it made it even better, though. I mean, he just just deer in the headlights, but it was wonderful. I mean, seeing everybody, dude. seeing everybody cheer for him, seeing all, all the players stand chant for him. Like, that was – it was enthralling last night. But the the Red – they're facing the dude tonight for the Royals, who's 0-10 on the year. <laughs> Some other Royals. Are still a betting favorite. Anthony Young? No, I don't. I can't remember his name. I see uh, he owns the record member for losses, consecutive start losses. Well, I mean, this guy's—he's—he is statistically. Row, they said last night he's statistically having the worst start uh, in the history of Major League Baseball for a pitcher. So his ERA is like six, uh, six point something. He's zero and ten. And uh, I think we've got Andrew Abbott throwing. So I, I would think we'd have a good shot, but we're actually an underdog in this game, which is kind of wild. So. Jordan Lyles is his name. Jordan Lyles, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah the, Royals are, the Royals are having a rough go of it. So it'd be nice to see the Reds get a sweep. Reds, three and a half back now. Just creeping up, Poor creeping Jordan up, Lyles. creeping up. Um, we, got, we, we have plenty of other things to get to today. We've got uh, Haley Van Lith talking to Taylor Rooks in an interview with Bleacher Report talking about why she left Louisville, sending the entire Louisville fan base into a tizzy. Uh, we'll discuss that. We'll play that clip as well. We've got uh, major U.K. drama. Major. we got to focus a little bit of time on the U.K. drama because 
God knows they've spent enough time focusing on our drama. It feels good for the shoe to be on the other foot a little bit here. We'll talk uh, about the the list from yesterday that I wanted to get to. That's going to I think yeah, you got something upset to you, that, right? Yeah, I think it should. I love how you you look for lists that are gonna that are just gonna take me off. I really don't. It's just if I see a list, I'm like Trevor's probably gonna have be if it's a list about media. You're probably going to be pissed off about it, so that's pretty oh, easy. Good Lord, uh, I've got a, a women's basketball take. Louisville made a headline yesterday for a recruiting move, and I, I've got a little bit of a inside info, a little bit of piece of info to pass along. So we'll get to that as well. But we'll start. Uh, I, will, I th- we'd be remiss if we didn't at least bring up the fact that basketball is done. Basketball is you know, basketball never sleeps, but the official games that count in this country, outside of summer league stuff, it's all it's all over. It all wrapped up last yeah. night. We hibernate now for a few months. The Denver Nuggets are the world champions. Shout out to our guy, front of the program, Sean Moth, who famously, heroically led them to 25 combined victories over two seasons as the PA man in the 1990s. That's called a foundation for what is st- what was to come. After going through all that, he still supported his Nuggets, and he got to win last night. He's, I think, the only Nuggets fan that I legitimately know. So props to Sean, props to all the Nuggets fans out there. Denver does it. First world championship, the former ABA franchise, Gets it done in five games over the Heat. I was right about something. In the, well, I was, this was the, the the playoffs of me being right, and it, it's the sport that I follow the least. Somehow, I, you know, just goes to show, guessing I, works sometimes. I, I did pretty well on on the gambling side of things these finals. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I, I took the Heat last night again, plus eight and a half. They obviously covered. How much was the final score? Uh, Denver I won the, by five. Uh, I picked the Nuggets by eight. So, still, we, yeah. we both were right. You, with our, you had coverages. Yeah, I, th- I think I picked Denver by five or six. If I'm not mistaken. I think All over right. it. But it was a I, again. I was flipping back and forth between that and the Reds. I watched enough to see. I, I turned it on for good when the Heat took the lead, and then saw Denver. I mean, because the Jimmy Butler foul call was just atrocious. I can't believe they reviewed that and still gave him the free throws. He caught fire for a brief moment and got you them back the in front. Where he kicked your boy in the ball. Yeah, he just kicked, <laughs> kicked the foot. Like, it was, I, was like, I don't know what Aaron Gordon's supposed to do there. And then you know, Jokic and the boys took over and, and you know, put it on ice and won the thing in five games. Yeah. And then afterwards, Aaron put it on ice too. <laughs> yeah the 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 story afterwards was Jokic looking in the locker room and at the post game press conference like he would just rather be anywhere else in the world. Like he's like half heartedly popping champagne. He, he's like walking around, not talking to anybody, chug, slugging a, a Mick Ultra. He gets told after the after the game at the press conference that he's got to stay for the parade on Thursday, and he's like, "No, I've got to go home." He, he's desperate to get back to his horses and his life uh, in Serbia. He wants to go there. It's what's yeah. it say about Denver? Serbia. One person thinks Serbia is better. What's his home? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a home is here in Louisville, but if I had the option, I might stay somewhere else. I wouldn't. I would. I would want to come back home. Depends what what temp, what, temp, what temp, the season is, I guess. Yeah, but he yeah he wants to go home. Wants to see his horses. Wants to get there. It was a very funny evening, but props to him. We can put to bed now all this. Does he need a championship to solidify his resume? All that good stuff. He now is, I think, according to most people, very clearly the best basketball player in the world at this moment in time, which is which is something. A guy who was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial a few years ago. I don't know if you heard of that. <laughs> How could you let me forget? I mean, I guess I mean he is right now. I mean, something somebody will maybe get hot next playoffs, and they'll be the greatest player in the, in the world next year. I mean, it's the beauty of. Uh, being hyperbolic, yeah, but he's—I mean, he was—he's the MVP from the last two seasons, and then he, the, went, the, I, he went last year. I thought he went last year and the year before, and then he was the runner-up this yeah, year. Yeah, so I, I think that's—it's not like this is just a—he's the best guy in this moment. He now has the the team accolade to back it up, and I think it's pretty clear that people were just 
it was like the old Jordan thing, like the Carl Malone MVP, where they're just looking for a reason to give it to anybody but the guy who's won it a couple of years in a row. He very well the Jordan, yeah, yeah, debate, yeah. He's the I mean, he's the best basketball player in the NBA. There's no question about it. And now he's got the team accolade to back it up. Uh, he's he's on top of the basketball world. But like you said, these things are short lived. It could be somebody else. Yeah, a year well, I think from last now. year Giannis was the best player in the world, wasn't he? No, I mean Jok- again, Jokic was the MVP. What was still. that two years Giannis, ago? Giannis won it in the yeah the, the year after COVID. Yeah, two okay. years ago. But he was, I mean, again, Jokic was still the MVP. He just still pretty good. Needed the pieces around him for sure, and now he's he's on top of the mountain. Well, Murray being hurt during the last like, last year's playoffs, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you, Murray's, I mean, as good as Murray is, I mean, Murray can be replaceable on this team, but Jokic is the key. But he does still need Murray to to get through a West, which is obviously much more difficult than the East. And we saw that in the finals. By the way, the West just dominated the East as is expected. Jamal Murray, by the way, also proved that you can you know come back from not just a torn ACL but a embarrassing Instagram live video. Did he? I don't remember. Did he have a bad Instagram? Did oh he? yeah, when he first like came like twenty twenty, he accidentally, accident. I'm using air quotes. Accidentally, something went new. Instagram live with a girl performing a an sexual uh, act uh, on him. I was gonna say it had to be something nude related. Yeah, that was it. It's it's always embarrassing when it's nude, which I never understood. It wasn't and, really nude. It was just like, I mean, it was just. It was, I mean, part of him was nude. <laughs> well, the, the part that no one, that pretty much you can't see. Pretty much the only yeah, part you could see. Yeah, it's not during a game. I mean, you see everything else even during a basketball game. Pretty but much. He, he heroically battled back from that national embarrassment to win a world championship. Did he rise to the occasion in the video as well? He was, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was, <laughs> from, from what I'm told. He, I heard he's clutch, uh, clutch in certain moments. He was fine. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, he is a shooter. Uh, so I mean, it's good for him. I do vaguely remember that, but I don't remember watching it. I so. forgot about it until people started talking about it. It was, it was yeah. okay. It's, it's like, it's like, what? Did it come out during that time frame when everyone had their had their junk being shown on Instagram or something? It's one of those like, how did you, how did this happen by accident? I, I don't think it actually did. Like, the, you, you, I tell you, what baffled me last night the most was learning that DeAndre Jordan and like Ish Smith and uh, who's the who's the other one on the team? Uh, Jeff Green. Uh, like they, they're on the roster getting rings. Jack White. <laughs> well, Jack White still is young. Jack White is a Duke basketball player who, in his senior year, missed 29 consecutive threes at one point and averaged 3.2 points per game. <laughs> and he's a world champion now. I mean, Jeff Green's 37 years old. The Jack White tra- shot tracker during his last season was one of the fun. Like, every game, I mean, I'm I was, like. When I saw Jack White, I thought, I, meant to, I thought he meant to do from White Stripes. No, no, Jack White, I was like. He's he missed twenty eight threes in a row at one point during his what a heroic story and then he ended up he only averaged three point one points as as a senior at Duke and ended up becoming a world champion I have no idea how he's on that roster but I mean there's a lot of people on that roster I'm not really sure I mean apparently Thomas Bryant's on the roster or I guess maybe he's is he really uh, he must have got tra- no he got he got traded to the Lakers during the season I'm sorry or no he was, he was acquired from the Lakers during the season so he must be on injured reserve. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's he's technically a part of the roster. He's, he's, getting a ring. He's getting a ring. I said it's Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan finally got one. It happened. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Bowen. Reggie Jackson's on the team. I mean, these are these, these are guys I'm baffled with. This is it's like a it's like a two thousand eight all star team <laughs> <laughs> on their bench getting rings. <laughs> but good for them. I mean, yeah, it's you always get the I saw a player. I thought that said Vince Carter for a second. It's Beato Kinkara or whatever. I was like, Vince Carter's on the team too. Get him a ring. 
Who isn't on the team that did, was was in the All Star game in 2010? Any one of those things where I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I'm pretty sure we had a whole retired, but but I wouldn't question it. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't know that. That's crazy. it. Wasn't until I was screaming through screwing through troll or screwing scrolling through screwing through Twitter uh, last night where I was uh, I was like it was like the NBA account was like so and so and holding the trophy and like winning the championship and it was like DeAndre Jordan finally after 16 years. I'm like, good lord. You could, I mean. It's bad. Speaking of uh, of having car service, you know, we always, we've talk, you and I both are in the same boat where it's like you could sell us on anything. You, you could be like, oh, you're, to use the friend's quote, like your left phalange is, is broken. And I'd be like, sure, I, I can't fight you on this. I don't know what I'm talking about. The plane it, doesn't have a phalange. The plane doesn't even have a phalange. When it comes to NBA players, guys who are like are or aren't in the league, you could do the same thing to me. You could be like Kyle McElarney from Notre Dame last night. He actually, he actually got on the court at the end of the game. He played five oh, seconds. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Oh, like, well, that, that's wild to me. No, Kyle McElarney's not in the NBA, but you could sell me on it. Like, I, I, I believe you. Because I'm shocked every playoffs that a guy is not just in the league, but sometimes that a guy's productive in the league. And I just, because I just don't keep up with the NBA as closely as I do college hoops. And it just, yeah, if you, if you would do that last night, like, who, like Ryan Ayers, he's I'm just going Notre Dame, old Notre Dame guys. Yeah, really? He's in the NBA. I'm like, what? Luke Aaron Cody? Okay. I, I, I believe it. I, I didn't think that was right, but I guess I'll take your word for it. It's the same thing. But congrats to the Nuggets. It was a. The second ABA team to win a title. Who's the first? Uh, there's only been no other, and that's the Spurs. There you go. And who are the other two that actually have been to the finals as well, though? Oh, I've got no idea. Knicks? They <laughs> Only four teams moved from the ABA. I've got no idea. Would have been five if John Y. Brown wasn't a horse's ass that hated the hated state of Kentucky and ruined us all from ever getting an NBA team. Let me think about it. Um, One should be easy, other than the, I just told you two of them. Pacers? Pacers, are, yes. And they went to the finals in 2000. Um, And the last one. The only one that actually have changed their name since. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't Brooklyn know. Nets. I would never have guessed it. They were the New York Nets, but then had to become New Jersey as part of the deal moving into the NBA, and then now, of course, now Brooklyn. They went to the finals during that heyday of level of talent basketball in the 2001-2002 season. The only good time in the history of basketball. Oh, yeah. When when Kerry Kittles is your second best player going to the finals. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have no respect to Richard Jefferson. We ended his career. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I feel bad for Kerry Kittles. Career never started. I'm seeing now. Um, speak the, the the Nuggets aren't the only team to win well, a Sean championship drunk recently. Last night. I don't know. I mean, I don't think John. I don't know. I don't think Did John was, like was, 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 was he just running around? He was drinking some. Yeah, he was. He was, he was drinking he a, little did a little Rocky Mountain High last he night. He sent a picture of himself drinking some barefoot. Um, <laughs> speaking of championships, I just saw the the Sickos committee. They keep track of the all the championships in college athletics, not just not just basketball, not just you know, baseball, whatever. They keep track of everything. Do you know? Who the beer brewing champions of college athletics? This is a real national title. Was this year? You're never gonna guess it. This is no point. Just guess. I want to say party school. I don't want to think it's a party school like Arizona State, Ohio State. Kalamazoo Valley is the beer brewing national. I want. Champion. I want to say Midwest somewhere, and that's Michigan, right? I would assume so. It's yeah, Kalamazoo. I would. I would have said like UM, UMW or something like that, but okay. The Steel Bridge National Champions. Again, a real national champion. Like, did they made a steel bridge? I Something I'm, I'm assuming with having to do with... I mean, part of me hopes it's Purdue. Design. It's an engineering degree. It is Florida. Okay, that's not good for, you know, Purdue and they're bragging about engineering. Now, we joke about how Kentucky wins, like, the Rifle National Championship, and it should be... The, the Army. Makes, yeah. makes us concerned. The Combat Weapons National Champion this year was Ar- the, the Army. Oh, okay. 
Thank God. They're going to be like Wichita State. If it was us, <laughs> honestly, if it was us, I wouldn't even celebrate. Like, we shouldn't be winning the combat weapons national championship. This shouldn't win it. Like it'd be like Cal State and North Fullerton or something. Now the Berkeley, pi- the Damn pistol national champions, Ohio State. Okay, I mean you got so many students there. I mean, look at the football team. The journalism national champions. Oh, this is going to piss off the Northwestern, Missouri, and Syracuse folks. I was going to say, well, if you just eliminated Missouri, Northwestern, and Syracuse, uh, Ohio University. North Carolina. Ooh, well, they didn't have to actually earn a degree. The classic champions of ethics. We all know how how ethical. (laughs) Can you take them serious for anything they claim academically? No. Yeah. The one-fourth scale tractor national champions, South Dakota State. Jackrabbits. Good for, I would have taken a guess somewhere in more Kansas, but... Irrigation troubleshooting national champions. Idaho. Mississippi State. Ooh. What are they, what are they irrigating down there? The D1 <laughs> role. I actually, I, I was going to say this. I don't even know what the logo is. They don't have the, the name, so I can't. Is there a conference to this? This is part of conference realignment. The race to zero waste national champions, Loyola Marymount. Props to them. I mean, they do like to play up and down. And finally, the financial planning national champions, Utah Valley. <laughs> Congrats to all the national champions. I know it ain't us. Congrats. <laughs> and also, the Mars. this is the most shocking one on the list. The Mars Rover national champions, West Virginia. When I think space in the next frontier, I don't think Morgantown, West Virginia. Perhaps I, I that's my th- fault. I can't think of anywhere else to think of. It's like, the thing is, I actually knew this going, but the Jazz Dance national champions, BYU. They they win like hip hop dance in the again this is the NCAA. Well, that's because it's all pent up sexual frustration all going into dance. It sh- it feels like the most wrong thing of all yeah. time. Like they win the, like when I think jazz and hip hop, I don't BYU should be the, the last school on that list. Um, Utah Jazz. But again, again, they shouldn't be the Jazz. That's why? The, why do you think they're the Jazz? Maybe they you just, think it's just a coincidence they moved there from New Orleans, brought some of that New Orleans culture to the middle of Utah, and. Let it permeate. I the guess. Mormons have never been the same. I don't know. Anyways, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this Haley Van Lith stuff. The interview uh, she gave with Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report. Some interesting things in there. A lot of people have a lot of different reactions. We'll discuss after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961, the big X. Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. In my eyes can make me cry. All my bags are packed, I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. But the dawn is breaking, it's early morn The taxi's waiting, he's blown his horn Already I'm so lonely. Yeah, I wonder why I'm, I'm listen, listen, first of all Make fun so of me all you want me Tease me for my pronunciations My English, my I grammar I don't hate this song I am a John Denver fan I've got two greatest hits on my on my phone right now I, I I will I will drive down the road jamming sunshine on my shoulders. 
in the summertime with the sunshine on my shoulders. Now, Sean Moth did text in to answer your question. He was partying last night. He said, I'm paying a heavy toll for enjoying the game as much as I did. He also wanted to note that Josh Hurd, our athletic director, Kent Taylor, and Pat Forty share his Nuggets fandom in the Ville, so they almost have a starting five. And he says, thank you, TK, for the tunes. Oh, it's all it's all Denver, man. You know, you know what's coming up later in the hour, my man Sean. The the man who wrote the the, the anthem for the city and the state. Master P. John freaking Denver man. Do you, know, do you know who do you know who won that, that country music award? John freaking Denver. Charlie Daniels took that award. He lit it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what I'm going to do. You're going to light my country music board on fire? <laughs> I've done it. I, I have not made it known yet. I should do that. I should have done it at the beginning of the show. But Thornton's text line, many of you have found it already. But uh, it is 502 414 1450. Reminder download that refreshing rewards app from Thornton's for the best deals on gas and the best deals inside any one of the 55,672 area Thornton's locations. Download that bad boy and then text us at 502 414 1450. All right, we the Haley Van Lith thing. I feel like has become the dominant story in the Louisville sports world. We'll get to the dominant story in the Kentucky sports world in a second because I think that's is entertaining for us. But Haley Van Lith did an interview with with Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report, friend of the friend of the Ville. We we love Taylor here. She does a lot of events here. She comes here for Louisville Live. She did the, the kickball thing last year. So she's she clearly she enjoys University of Louisville athletics. The Harlow but kickball thing. She was she was the, the the PA person. She was on the mic. Oh, okay. Uh, they talked about going to LSU. They talked about the the thing with Caitlin Clark, the you can't see me, which she downplayed. But the most uh, the the answer that I think is the most pertinent to Louisville fans' interest is when she was asked directly, "Why make the move to LSU?" And I sent you the clip. If you can go ahead, and I did cue that bad boy up. Here's what she said: "You decided to make the move. It came down." to my ability to be happy and I had to put myself first. I had done my part and I had sacrificed myself and given my all to that program. But at the end of the day, I just, I wasn't enjoying everyday life. It was a situation there where I chose that I deserve happiness. It was really hard decision. You know, I, I, my best friends in my whole life, I made at Louisville. I went to a final four and I shared that with those coaches and those teammates and, and some of the highs in my life have been there, but also the the deepest lows in my life have been there. I think that I was at the point where I felt like I had learned what I needed to learn from that situation and that environment, and I was giving myself grace to to leave that and find something better for myself. I know in my heart that I I made the right decision for me and my family and, and for women's basketball in general. I don't regret it. I don't regret going to yeah. Louisville. I'm a much better player and a much better person um, because of my experience there. But, you know, like I said, I've given myself the grace and the opportunity to, to find something better. I don't think she knows what grace actually means. How big of her to, to, to forgive herself? I call horse apples on that, by the way. And to put herself first. I, I, yeah, here's what this made me think of. People gave him a lot of crap when he handled his high-profile transfer the way that he did. But at least Hunter Dickinson came out and was like, it's about the money. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not all we ask for is honesty nowadays. He was, I mean, he went ahead his own podcast, and he's like, yeah, I want to go somewhere where I can win a national title. I also would like to, to get a little bit more money in my pocket. And he was honest about the fact that, look, I'm not a guy who's going to get a gigantic NBA contract. I'm probably not going to get an NBA contract, period. 
I know that I'll, I'll make money playing professional basketball somewhere at some point in time, but it's not going to be like a lot of these other big-time college basketball players when their careers are done. So I need to get what I can while I can. And if I can win a national title in, in the process, awesome. But I'm going to Kansas because they're offering me a bleep ton more money than Michigan was able to. And I wish Haley Van Lith was like, you know, I think I can win a national championship at LSU. I can elevate my visibility. I can make more money there. They've offered me more money there. I'll tell you straight up. They had more money to spend than Louisville did. And at the end of the day, that's why I chose to go to LSU. But to do the whole, it was, I sacrificed myself, which I'd love for her to expand on that, how she possibly sacrificed herself at Louisville. She gave all she could. Is it because she like wasn't the star the first two years? Which, by the way, the team was better the first two years than they were when she was the star? I mean, let's be real. Like she, A lot of Louisville struggles early on last season were because she couldn't carry the load the way that Dana Evans could, no. the way that Asia Doerr could, the way that Angel McCautry could, the way that uh, Shoney Schimmel could, the way that all these stars before her were able to. Last year, when she was asked to do more than she had when Evans had been here, she shot career lows in field goal percentage, career lows in three-point percentage. She almost doubled her career high in turnovers. She had a nice run at the end of the season, but I mean, she still she had more she averaged more turnovers per game than assists. She like she got all mad about being an honorable mention All American. She did not make the leap from really good college player to undisputed superstar last season the way that a lot of people thought she was going to. And I guess in her eyes, that wasn't her fault. It was because she was sacrificing something. She was playing a certain way that Jeff Walls wanted her to play, or she wasn't playing with players around her who were good enough. I don't know what's going on there, but she very clearly thinks that things would have been better if she'd had different coaching or different players around her. And the reality is, for a large part of last season, she just wasn't as good as we wanted her to be, and, and as we needed her to be. And I mean, she brings up Final Four and wanting bigger stages. She got to a Final Four. Let us not forget, when she finally got there, she disappeared in that game against South Carolina. She gave us nothing in that game. Uh, you know, we, we stayed in it because Olivia played well, some other people played well, but Haley didn't do much on, on the biggest of stages. So if she wants to go somewhere where she can win, that's fine. That's her decision. It's you know, College players can do it. But let's not act like it's all. And, and she did kind of say, made great friends at Louisville, and I don't regret going there and all that stuff. But let's not act like it's Louisville bad, LSU good. And that's why I'm doing this. Like well, it's hard to say. Naturally, she hasn't even been there technically yet. Yeah, and what if this is a disaster? What if her personality clashes with the big personalities that are already down there? What if she's not upholding her end of the bargain next season, and the players get mad at her for taking so many shots? Like it, it is going to be more of an adjustment than I think she knows. Because even when when Dana was here, and when some other people were here, like she was still always she's a double figure scorer all three years. She was always the second or third option at worst when she was at U of L and they're probably going to be matchups next season where she may not be. And if it matchups where if she starts one for seven, they're not going to keep giving her the green light the way that she had here. And she can do it with grace. She'll, she'll do it with grace. She'll forgive herself. So best of luck to her, but I hope LSU has a bad year. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not. I I'm fully admitting. Suck too. I admitted from day one that I'm going to be a hater on this deal. I cannot stand Kim Mulkey. I cannot stand her. I don't like the way that HVL left things. I don't like. I hope she goes on to have a lengthy pro I mean, career, and makes a lot of money. I don't want her to win next year. I don't. I don't want. It's not just about her. I don't want LSU to win. I was after we got knocked out. I was like anybody but LSU last year. I just don't like Kim Mulkey. I don't like the way that that program runs things. 
I hope they have a terrible season. It's just like any relationship. I mean, you break up, you you, you know, you usually don't want ill will for the ex. You just don't want her to do better than you, though. I don't, but in this case, I also want her to like be living on a street somewhere, like just just tear. <laughs> like I, I want LSU to win like five games next year. I want them to have a Kenny Payne first season type uh, year. He's one of those ex. I, <laughs> I want them to go four and twenty eight. There's a few of them like that too. And for her to be blamed. That's kind of that's kind of what I'm rooting for. And then Mulkey to get fired. Is that asking too much? I don't think so. That's all I want. I'm a simple man with simple needs. And Kim Mulkey getting fired and that team going down in flames is all I want. But I don't know. I mean, just I guess I don't I I don't have the biggest problem in the world with what she said. I just it, I don't know. It, it I'm comes sorry, off you're as, pretty bitter, man. I mean, I'm definitely bitter, but it comes it just comes off as disingenuous to me. The whole thing just it reeks like if you if you want to go somewhere where you can win a national title, and you didn't think that you could win a national title at Louisville, just say that. If you, I mean, clearly a ring is what she's chasing when when her other options are Stanford and, and South Carolina. We don't even know if they were like she basically didn't consider anywhere besides LSU. Like, I, was, I, I saw I read, when I was scrolling through the the somebody like posted that as part of the interview. Oh, she said that. And she said that. Yeah, well, I'll take it back then. I did. I, I've Unless only seen that's the just misquoted on the. Yeah, I'm just, I was just. Just scrolling through like other clips of it, you know, her saying, you know, stuff talking about the the Caitlin Clark and and things like that. And, I saw uh, that one, yeah. Uh, I don't remember where she I said Stanford and where else? South Carolina. Interesting. Now that could just been someone misquoting her on the on the, you know, the clip of the video. Yeah, it's from B. Uh, now it's from the uh, Bree Lewerke, who uh, is on a bunch of it. Says uh, she also said other schools entertained in the transfer portal were Stanford and South Carolina. Okay. I never knew if it was because people were saying Iowa, even though they didn't have a roster spot available. Lincoln Zaga, but that was maybe just us, right? We were just speculating because when the initial talk was she wants to go back home, and, and that's the whole reason for this happening. Yeah. We were looking at the only programs out there that are any good, and Stanford and Gonzaga were the two ones that made sense. But I didn't know if that was just us speculating yeah, or if there was legitimate buzz there. The whole headline says Van Lift talks decision to choose LSU with Rooks addressed ring chasing plus NIL rumors. She also said the other schools that entertained were yada yada, Stanford and South Carolina. I mean, she's absolutely ring chasing, which, whatever. I, I, I mean, would you, I mean, just don't act like you're doing say that? Else. Yeah, just be like, hey, I'm listen. I I, I, I I clearly can't do it on my own. Just do it like LeBron. I mean, you're you're a big Kobe fan. No, no one rode coattails and made him think he was all him better than Kobe did during his career. I mean, Kobe was all had. Kobe could never win anything, be a number one option. He, but he never left. But he always, yeah, and Kobe, Kobe knew he had to be a second or third option to win a ring, and that's, he wanted people to think he was the one option, but he never was. And, you know, just do that. You're a big Kobe guy. Just embrace Kobe. Like, hey, listen, I can't do it without me. I need Shaq. I need Paul Gasol. Otherwise, I'm just going out in the first round. Play the other clip that, that I just sent you about oh. where, where she does address the, the ring-chasing rumors and the NIL stuff and the, the other schools that she was considering. Did you send it to me? Yep, it's in there. Uh, I haven't received it yet. Eventually, I'll be able to play audio from my own computer. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get, didn't, I haven't received it. It says sent. Well, it has not arrived. I'll tell you that much. Was it from the same account? It's right there. It's right. I see it right underneath the reds one. Right, there it goes. Here it comes. So don't, just give it a second. Look how far a walk it is from that computer to this computer. Things move a little slower here at WXVW. <laughs> and that's like the way we like it. Here we go. With NIL being a popular topic of conversation <laughs> and God. even like, the ring chasing rumors. I think, uh, I think, you know, those are logical things for people who don't know the situation to 
attract to for explanation as to why it happened. But it's it's definitely it's. It was a it was a decision made from the standpoint of is Haley happy and can Haley attain happiness in this situation and that's where I made my decision off of and I think you know like I don't feel bad <laughs> Let's go, for it um, because at the end of the day I had to choose myself and and I was ready to do that with NIL oh, being to a popular topic of <laughs> Haley conversation chose even to go here like the ring chasing rumors. I think uh, I think you know those are logical things for people who don't know the situation to attract to for explanation as to why it happened. But it's it's definitely it's it was a it was a decision made from the standpoint of is Haley happy and can <laughs> Haley attain happiness in this situation? And that's where I made my decision off of. And I think you know, like I don't feel bad for it. Um, because at the end of the day, I had to choose myself. And I, I, and I always, <laughs> obviously, I want Louisville to win the Women's National Championship every year. But if I could handpick a year for us to finally do it, God knows it would be this one. It would just be perfect. Just, it would just make Jeff Walls established like the kingmaker. He took, he had 11 open roster spots. He took nine transfers, all this stuff, and just made it work. It would be the it, it would be beautiful if we were able to win the national title this season. So she doesn't actually, that's the clip that I was referring to, and she doesn't actually say Stanford or South Carolina in there. Just, she gives me much more beauty in the comment, personally, than, yeah, the, than that. I whoever is, is running <laughs> social media for Bleacher Report, like the, the description of the, the, the clip they're posting is it's not at all. Nothing. Like, there's way more information in the description than is what is actually said in the clip. She doesn't talk about anything at all outside of just being like, it's about me, I want to be happy. Which, well, she drops stuff notes. It's what, it's what makes Haley happy. It's what makes Haley a good person. It's all for Haley. Haley talk time. <laughs> I, 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 I love her. Like, we're supposed to believe you're not really chasing. It, that's what it may seem like. To, to, no, that's what it is, Haley. It's, it's pretty much. Uh, and the fact that you're looking down and around when you're saying that, just, you know, you don't have to take interpersonal communication classes to know that that's, that's kind of a sign of lying. And yeah, yeah just, just let it just. Don't, don't, don't act like you're so innocent. Just like, tell the truth. Like, listen, I want a ring. I don't think I can get one by myself. I don't think there's enough talent in Louisville to help me to help make up the fact that I can't do it on my own. So I need to get I need to get with somebody who can help carry me. Now let's play. And that'll make Haley happy. Let's play devil's advocate here for a second. Let, let's say that there were because look, Haley Van Lith is not the only player, not the only high profile player to leave the women's basketball program in recent years. Let's yeah. say that maybe there's something to the way that Jeff Walls coaches that is rubbing the new generation of players the wrong way or he's doing something different the last few years than he did before, whatever's going on. If like this keeps happening, let's say Louisville women's basketball has a down year and all these transfers that come in, because he's, like, he's killed in the transfer portal. And up until last year, the players that he's brought in, he's gotten significantly more out of them than what they were producing at their former schools. And that, that last year, Morgan Jones was kind of the opposite. She didn't do as much as a lot of people wanted her to. But let, let's say that keeps happening. And players are transferring, and you have some, maybe some disgruntled players when they leave that saying, you know, we just didn't like it here, don't like the way he coaches. Like, then it becomes a deal where it's, I, I think we stop looking at Haley Van Lith as maybe the bad person and all this, and we take more of a look internally. I don't think we're there yet. I think part of the reason why the Louisville fan base is so... And I don't speak for everybody. I know that there's, this is a, an issue where 
there's certainly a divide. Some people see nothing wrong. They're, they're, they're totally fine with Haley Van Lath, and they're like, if we can't win it, we'd love for you to win it, and that's that's fine. Mm. But there is a I, – I think the reason why most of the fan base is kind of upset with the way this played out is Walsh has been such a shining, sparkling example of what we want Cardinal Athletics to be for the last 10 to 15 years, wildly successful, took over a program that had never been to a Sweet 16 – has taken them to multiple national title games, uh, five Final Fours, always in the mix. He's been killing it in recruiting the la- up until the last couple of years. Uh, now he's killing in the transfer portal. Perennial top 10 team, all the AC championships, all that stuff. And you've had more stories. Like, remember Emily Angsler uh, a year ago, or I guess a year and a half ago now at this point, when she gets asked about the difference at Louisville, the way she was coached compared to what happened with the, her coach at Syracuse, who you know, had all the accusations against him, and she starts talking about how Jeff Walls believed in her, and like she like just starts bawling, like just talking about the relationship she's had. And we've had so many stories like that over the years with players who really connected with Walls and who speak so highly of him. I think that's why we look at this and we're like, you don't think that you could win a national title here? Like, look look how close we've been. You don't think you could win a national title with this guy who's Coached Team USA to gold medals multiple times, who's, again, done this at a program that didn't have a whole lot of success before he got here, at a place that cares about college basketball more than any other in the country. We look at all this and we're like, we should be the ones getting players of your caliber to come to us, not the other way around. And I think it's just a, it's a, sort of a shock to the system as much as anything else for us as fans. If you know things trend down moving forward, then maybe I think we re- reevaluate that. But for the time being... Waltz has certainly earned the benefit of the doubt from us as fans since he got here in, in 06. I mean, I don't I don't follow women's basketball as, as extensively as I do men, so I can't say we're not the only one that's lost like high-profile players tra- entering transfer portal throughout the country. I she's mean, the biggest one to leave, though. She's definitely I mean, she's, 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 at, yeah, at I mean, least the highest profile. Maybe not the best, but she's definitely the highest profile. Okay, I mean, I would like to – I mean, I would assume there's others. And, and I don't think her leaving means that, that you can't win a title. I think it just means she wants an easier ride road to the title. I mean, LeBron could have maybe won and won in Cleveland, but he didn't want to work that hard. He wanted to go to Miami and, and, and make it an easier job. And that's kind of, I think, I guess what Haley's doing. I think that's what it comes down to, honestly. Like, I mean, I don't think, yeah, you just say you can't win it with Walls, I think that's ridiculous. I think to say that I don't want to work hard enough to maybe do it, then that's what Haley's doing. I don't have the... You can respect that. Like, <laughs> I don't know the NIL details. I know there have been reports out there that, that NIL with women's basketball at UofL has been lacking. I think, you know, I've talked to some people who have been involved with the collectives, and they've, you know, they've said kind of the opposite things of what they said with men's basketball, where there's this... It's perception out there that men's basketball maybe doesn't have enough in the tank, or at least as much as they should. And the reality is, I think the phrase is what a cannon full of money is what Kenny Payne has to work with. <laughs> and women's basketball, I think it is it is very much a real problem, which should not be the case at a place like Louisville. But I think that probably weighed into it. But I think the biggest thing is exactly what you said. I think it's it's a relatively simple mood. She can talk and you know, use all the euphemisms she wants to and discuss you know, her being happy and all this stuff. At the end of the day, it's easier to pick who's going to be a contender from one season to the not to, to, to the next in women's basketball than it is in the men's because players aren't leaving early, by and large. It's very rare. And so LSU wins the national title last season. You know they're bringing back everybody who's basically not a senior on that team, including Angel Reese, and you know the attention that they've gotten. You know that Kim Mulkey is a larger-than-life persona in women's basketball. So it's more Someone t- that recruited you and you liked. You, yeah, you, you almost went to play for her at Baylor, and the, you know, the rumor was she didn't want to play for, for Baylor because they didn't have a big enough fan base and there wasn't going to be a, a, enough attention on her. You know you're going to get a, a ton of attention at LSU next year. 
because they've gotten a ton of attention since they won the national title. You know that you're going to have a really good shot to win a national championship. You're probably going to be going to the preseason number one team in America. I mean, there's really no probably about it. They're going to be the preseason number one team in America. The expectation and the question is whether or not they can run the table. And then three, the NIL thing factors into it. And that's fine, but just say it. Like I, I think she looked at Louisville's roster. She saw all the young McDonald's All-Americans transferred out of the program. They were losing a couple of the other best players from last year's team. And I guess she didn't think that, while they could be really good if he killed it in the transfer portal, a group with her, Olivia Cochran, uh, Marissa Russell, and I, I guess the, the only other returnee coming back, and then a bunch of really good transfers was going to be good enough to compete with the LSUs, the South Carolinas, and the Yukons of the world. Because we all, and, and Iowa, who brings back a ton from last year's team as well. And I think we all kind of forget that you know, Paige Buchers is coming back to Yukon, who was the best player in the world before she had all these injury problems. Every year she's had an injury problem. Yeah. Besides her freshman year, when she was national mm-hmm. player of the year as a freshman, like they're going to be, as long as she's close to 100%, they're going to be a problem as well. But you know, she wanted to be in that mix. She didn't want to be, she felt like Louisville was going to be a tier two team next year at best. And she wanted to be one of those four or five teams that everyone's following for the season. And that, again, that's fine, but just say it. Just just put it out there in those terms. We get it. But we also don't kind of get it. Well, she did. She just said Haley has to be happy. Haley has to be happy. Just to do what makes Haley happy. She sacrificed herself here. Not she, Haley, sacrificed. Real quick on the women's basketball front before we call it an hour. There was a piece of news last night. I saw that Reagan Bender, who's one of the best players for Sacred Heart, is on an all-time heater right now. They were tremendous. Yeah, they were tremendous. When I was in high school, they won back-to-back-to-back state championships. They've become the first school besides that Sacred Heart run to, uh, to to produce three straight state championships. Reagan Bender's been a big part of the reason why. She's a rising senior, a member of the 2024 class. She got offered a scholarship last night by Jeff Walls, which is a big deal because you've got, I mean, she's got a close relationship with Zakia Johnson, who's a was a sophomore on that team. She's a rising junior. She's the best or a top five at the very least player in her class of 2025. And then I got, I got tipped off on something last night when I was talking about this, another name to circle and just keeping, you know, I remember saying Zakia Johnson when she was coming into high school saying I'd heard incredible things about her circle this name as well. Amira. And then her nickname is Tootie, which I love. Like, which, like, like back to life Tootie? Like Tootie Fruity. Oh yeah. Like yeah. T-O-O-T-I-E. Amira Tootie Jordan. Is it, she's just graduated eighth grade. She's going to Sacred Heart as well. She's going to be a freshman. She will be the next big thing here in local girls basketball. So if you get Reagan Bender, potentially it starts this domino effect where a year later you're getting Zakia Johnson. A couple years after that, you're getting Tootie Jordan. And this pipeline of a school that is now producing top 15, top 10 talent over multiple classes is feeding its system into U of L. I mean, you've also got... Um, a player at, at at Mercy, a rising junior who's in Zakia Johnson's class, who is a top ten player in the class as well. And I, Justin Rank's gonna kill me. I, I've just completely blanked on her That's name. That's right. Her name's not as easy as Tootie to remember. It's I hard. mean, yeah, just Tootie sticks with you a little bit, I mean, doesn't it? I, I, yeah, <laughs> been with me since the eighties. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm completely blanking, and I feel bad. But she's Leah Macy. You should feel bad. She's a sophomore. She How can you forget her. Like her and Zakia Johnson are both top fifteen players again in the country, and they're right here in our backyard at Louisville. Walls needs to capitalize on that. 
offering a, a scholarship to one of the better-known girls basketball players in this area I think goes a long way towards establishing that. And here's hoping over the next four years we're just bringing in all this local talent, which it's never been like this before. We've never had this many high-profile national players right here in our backyard, which is a great opportunity for Jeff Walls, now facing a little bit of adversity for the first time kind of in a long time at UofL, to capitalize on that and turn it into something great three, four, five years down the line. Make it happen. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, 4 o'clock hour, we have not heard from you guys on the Thornton's text line. We'll Uh do that, 502-414-1450. And then we'll also dive into this latest Kentucky basketball drama, Matt Jones versus Oscar Combs versus John Calipari versus Jeff Goodman versus everybody's going at it. It's great. I love not being a part of it. We'll stand back. We'll point. We'll laugh. We'll talk about it. All that coming your way in hour number two. It's the Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Because I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, babe, I hate to go. There's so many times I let you down. So far, the hardest thing I've ever done. To be so in love with you, so alone. Follow me where I go, what I do, I know. Make it part of you, to be part of me. Follow me up and down, all the way all around. What's that? So nobody can hear you singing but me. I know. That's what I'm singing to. You, you and Khaleesi. I'm not going to sing to that. I don't know. I don't know if the Texans have earned my right, earned the right for me to get to hear my I'm John Denver. more on this show than any show I think that's ever been on local sports radio. So <laughs> why stop now? Well, I'm, you contribute a lot to that, too. I know. I'm, sa- I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying we do. I don't know why you're getting bashful now. You're not big on John Denver, though, are you? I'm fine. I, I don't hate John Denver. You're just, yeah, you are, yeah, and, and I'm an exception. I spent most of my childhood, my grandmother had three cassettes that she listened to nonstop. It was the John Denver Greatest Hits and Perry Como. So you never had a chance. I was I was listening to John Denver. It was one of those things where it was like, you're a kid, and you're like, oh, God, I don't listen to this. And then next thing you know, it's, like, it's in the movie, like the movie Tommy Boy. Next thing you know, you're driving down the road just going along with it yeah. and singing it. Yeah. And now to this day, I still have two, have two different John Denver Greatest Hits on my, on my phone, and no, I don't play. I, I, I listen to them all. I don't hate you for that. It's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun. guilty pleasure, right? Sure. Yeah. Would that fall under guilty pleasure? I don't even know if that's true. I mean, I think it's just it's just a pleasure, which is fine. <laughs> Hour number two here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show in 1450 The Big X. Reminder if you're having air conditioning problems or, I guess, heating problems, it's going to get cool the next couple of nights. It got cool last night. Maybe you flip that heat on. I don't know. I don't know why you would, but it's Louisville. It's weather. Who the hell knows? If you have an issue, <laughs> the weather outside is weather. Call our friends over at AirServe of Louisville at 502-785-8600, whatever your problem may be. AirServe can fix it. Go to the go to online. Go to visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville to find a full range of their services. Or, again, call them directly at 502-785-8600. Speaking of phone numbers, we have not talked to the Thornton's text line today at 502-414-1450. I'm up. We will uh, we'll get some thoughts on, on these. Do like Tupac said, hit them up. Hit them up. Um, all right. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, it's such a juicy time in Kentucky athletics, and like, so there are a few leftover texts from KRC, and it's just, I mean, this is the Matt Jones, John Calipari. Uh, I didn't follow this on Twitter last night because I didn't follow it. Really, it's been going on for a while now, but now you've got some other media personalities getting into it. Uh, you know, I don't know if Walker and Roush throwing haymakers on one side or the other, but it's 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 great. Um, Texter says. Karcher didn't have control of his pitches last night because he was high as bleep. <laughs> Possibly. If it if he was, more power to him. He somehow got a save in his MLB debut. It was incredible. It was a, a shocking shot. The whole game was just shocking. <laughs> Texas says... You don't play today, though, do you? Say what? You're off today, aren't you? No, no, no. We're, we're, we're up against the guy who's 0-10. Oh, that's what you said that. Last night was game one. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last night was game one of a three-game series. Okay. We need a sweep. It'd be nice. Three and a half games back. Texture says I'm not reading that. Texture says was, what does it mean? It was kind of mean. We just can't read it. Texture says, if I had the option, I'd stay somewhere else. Uh as a quote and says, Trevor, you don't even leave your ba- basement. I about could move my house. And it's not a basement. I wish I had a basement. Speaking of your house and basements and and not having them, but people who do have them use them for this purpose, you did get you, you got your PS Five yesterday. Did yeah, I, uh, big move for you. It was a big move. I've upgraded. Uh, Trevor felt it was ready to move on. Um, he's Trevor's happy now with his decision. <laughs> you sacrificed so long <laughs> with that PS Four. I, I sacrificed I, I, with grace and dignity, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't all. It wasn't anything to do with about. You know, uh, higher speeds and better graphics. You played some of your best games on the PS4. Some of my best friends I I, I made on my PS4. <laughs> but it was, you know, I felt it was time for Trevor to move on and, and for him to, to take that next step in life. And Put yourself first. Yeah, I had to put my, Trevor had to be first. Put TK first. <laughs> so I, I did get it. Um, went Best Buy, actually went in. I realized this, the, kind of, the clerk was walking by. I called him homie. <laughs> you think, think about the address said it? I was like, I was like, hey, hey, homie, can I get the P? Can I get a PS Five over here? And he just kind of looked at me, <laughs> but I got it and uh, spent most of the time having to like up, uh, do the, uh, the download the, the uh, system updates, and then I went to go download the games. And well, long story short, as I left yesterday today for work, I still had about ten hours worth of downloading of the game. To, I, I, that would drive me crazy. It, it's driving me crazy, and it's kind of aggravating. It's like, because everybody keeps telling me, like, oh, it shouldn't take that long. And, maybe my, and, my, and my internet speed is that can't be that slow. It's, that it's doing, it's th- taking this long. This is long. the most surprising thing about when I hear my friends who play video games or when I hear about video games, because, again, I, I haven't played video games in probably like 15 years. Like, like PS2 was the last one that I had. And it's, it, I'm not judging. I would get very into video games, I'm sure, which is why I don't let myself go down that road. But... I would assume it by this day and age, it would be like instantaneous. Click a button, bam! I've got that game because it's. I hate to even say this. I don't want to do the whole like old man things were better in our day, but at least when you know you had the disc systems, you could buy your PS2, buy like three games from the store. You go home, bam! You're playing. I mean, you you can still buy the discs. And, oh, you can. And, and yeah, and I, and I just now apparently I bought. I didn't realize this until I got home later, and I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone. He was like. Like, did, what did, he's like, did you get the one with the disc drive or without it? And I'm like, that's an option? Because I, I I would have gotten Because, yeah, it's like 100 bucks cheaper if you get it without the disc drive. So it's just only for downloading games only. And I'm like, uh, well, if I'd known that, I probably would have gotten it because I don't buy discs anyway. I just paid 100 you know bucks for the disc drive I'm not really going to use. But I'm kind of tempted to stop on the way home tonight and just grab, like, just go by Target or something and get a... Speed of the process, man. Yeah, because... 
Because even though when you buy the disc, you still have to like it still takes a few minutes to like upload. But like I bought MLB last last night, I bought MLB the Show, I bought FIFA twenty three, and I rebought Red Dead Redemption two because I couldn't find it anywhere in my saved games that I was supposed to be able to find, and it was twenty bucks. I said screw it, I'm just gonna download it again. And I thought I could just I did it I did it all at once, thinking okay they all just kind of download together. But apparently it only goes in order one at a time. So it's going to be like, I'm assuming this time. Oh, like, I grew up with like, There's Sam. a good chance when you get back from vacation, like I might not still be playing Red Dead Redemption. It's not the way LimeWire used to do it. I mean, yeah, LimeWire, you Maybe could just much. do multiples. Kazam. Yeah. Who would have thought technology was better than? I would have assumed that video games had come further than this. And and so MLB The Show is right now, it's still, when I left today, it said it had like 10 hours left to download. I'm like. That's annoying. It's annoying. I kind of want to play the game. I want to get Ricky Karcher out there. I want to throw, throw pitches. I want to. I'd love to play with I feel like we need to keep Ricky Carter on the big league club just for the vibes alone. I mean, just, just, that, the vibes are good. He's played one pitch, so it means his name's available in the game. Bam. I mean, that's. I, I think I'm gonna. I'm. I don't want to. I'm think I'm gonna stop and buy Madden like 23 or something, even though I already have it on my other PS4 too. But I, I don't want to buy the new Madden because it comes out in like two months. And okay, I don't know, man. Texas, I feel like HVL hired a PR firm to craft the these answers. Grace, it doesn't seem like that's a word that's been said in her vocabulary before. Grace equals money. I don't think she's ever used grace ever. I do think that, I I don't know if the texter's joking or not, I would be willing to bet that they hired somebody to help her craft answers together. They they worked with a team. Because her... They need to pick another team. (laughs) Her dad, and this is not like a sour grapes thing. I'd heard this before she was around. I think her dad's a little bit of an issue. I, I think he's very, very involved in stuff and has... As a lot of dads who come from money and have star athletes are, they want a lot of control. I mean, he was very involved in her upbringing, her training growing up. He He's the one who started her with a trainer, who started putting her in leagues with players who were older and better than she was and all this stuff. And you know, he, I think, had significant thoughts about the way she was being used here at Louisville. And I would not be shocked at all if he, he had hired a PR team or hired somebody who has experience in this to, to craft hands. I mean, how does this interview even get set up Period. You know, the, the way that this happens a lot of times, especially in modern media, is the athlete themselves is the one. Re- it's not like Taylor Rooks and Bleacher Report and all these outlets are just going to HVL being like, we want to do an interview. We want to do a sit down. Like more times than not, it's the athlete's PR team reaching out to a certain entity or a certain interviewer that they like and saying, we would love to do this and tell our side of the story. And I'm, I guarantee that's exactly what happens here. And her answers were very, they seemed carefully crafted. It was almost like a political thing where you could tell there were a couple of buzzwords or phrases that she really wanted to hammer home. And when she felt herself straying off message a little bit, she'd go back to those, you know, choosing my happiness, choosing great, like all the, she, she would go back to those. And she very clearly had been, there were a couple of things that they were like, we really want you to get this across. And there you go. Texas least cool person, we got weights and fish. <laughs> I don't know. I think that guy's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, it's an cr- incredible story. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say uncool. I'd say he's pretty cool. I'd say uncool is the person that ratted him out. That person's uncool. Yeah, weights and fish. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the weights and fish guy is the star of the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, did you see that uh, video of Baby Gronk's POS dad coaching him during a radio interview? I, also, I, as someone who's on radio, what would you do in that situation if the dad was telling him? You got repeat the question and then told the kid exactly what to say, like WTF. Yeah, the baby Gronk thing, I think you and I were 
kind of on the same page before. It's officially there's no longer anything good about it. There, there's there was no longer never any, anything good it's, about it. There wasn't, but like I guess if you wanted to think it was kind of funny, then whatever. It, it's not. It, it's gone too far. It's not funny. People need to stop it. Like the schools need to stop having him as an official visitor on campus. Radio shows need to stop interviewing him because it's. And we talked about it at length a couple of days ago, last week. Like it's, it's doing a disservice to the kid. Like, I don't worry about him growing up and like hating his dad. That's probably gonna happen. But I worry about him growing up and feeling inadequate because, as an eight-year-old kid, he was led to believe that he's gonna be this bona fide superstar athlete. And then, in the ninety-nine point nine percent chance that it doesn't wind up happening, he's going to feel like bitter and, and upset and deal with a lot of issues out of that and it's just it's not fair to the kid the whole thing is it's gross i haven't seen it. i saw i saw tw- tweeted earlier but i didn't click on it i, I just don't really bother tweeting clicking on it but i saw the video that the text was referring to if anything baby gronk did it was made you open your eyes and realize that rudy's dad was actually a good father <laughs> he's <laughs> i would take rudy's dad over baby gronk's dad for if sure if there's anything baby gronk did, accomplished in, in, in this scenario it was made you realize the error of your ways, and that that, that Rudy's dad was a was was maybe up for Father of the Year. <laughs> for that, baby Gronk, I salute you. Remember the beer commercials? <laughs> they would like salute like random people. Yeah, some of them were kind of fun. Yeah, the the, the, the t shirt gun guy was in there. <laughs> Uh, oh, angry guy's back. TJ, please get on Mike's butt trying to compare. He can't say butt. He's he's angry man. Trying to compare UK's drama and L's drama. Not even the same stratosphere. Mike really showing himself. And then he's like, Mike, you're talking about... He showed himself there. You should see what he's showing Talking me. about a 20-year-old girl. You all look really weird right now. Players have sacrificed for years. Let her be. Wow, man. Sour grapes or what? You don't know her personal life. If she didn't do much, why you all care so much? I mean, because we're supposed to give our opinions. <laughs> kind of like, otherwise, we'd be sitting here and would you others sit around and sing Follow Me by John Denver for I actually love this guy. I mean, I, <laughs> Texas says HBO is a crappy pastor and defender. I think we're better off just ignoring her as much as possible. She's, I don't think she's a crappy pastor. She didn't, she's not a great defender. There's, that, that's not sour grapes again. It's just, she is not a great defender. When she went up against better guards, she got exposed. Not just last year, but the, the last three years. I think she's a fine passer. She just probably didn't pass enough. Texture says, uh, man, people need to back up HVL and really any player who decides to transfer. Their reasons are their reasons, and none of us have any right to say crap about what they do with their lives. These are just people in their 20s figuring out bleep like every one of us did in our 20s. Just most of us weren't in the spotlight while we were doing it. I speak for yourself. I was. What do you mean? <laughs> I was all in the spotlight. They're yeah, like, you were on the spotlight for like 16. They're, like, they're leaving like, he's like, he's going to leave Cardboard Heroes? <laughs> for what, a better job? What are you leaving for? I'm like, sorry. They're giving me better benefits down there at Lids. I mean, Discounts. I, if you've listened to the any radio show I've been on, any podcast, any anything I've written over the last God, 20 years or so, um, I'm, I'm always, always players first. Like, I, Whenever a player leaves, even if it's somebody who I didn't think really gave their all here. I'm always wishing them the best. And I'm always saying, you, you like every player who left our team last year, I hope they have success. Haley Van Lith, I do hope that she has success at some point in time. I just don't want it to be next year. I, I don't like, I, I think she left, hearing a little bit about what happened behind the scenes. I think she left in kind of a ugly way. I think that she's, I mean, she, it's more to me about 
the program that she's going to. I just don't like LSU and I don't like Kim Mulkey. And I'm not. I don't think you're alone. I don't think I'm alone in that. No. The if she had gone the minority, to. The majority probably. I mean, if, if she had gone to, let's say she went to Stanford. And, and let's say the, the reasons that she gave to Jeff Walls directly were real. And which I believe she went to Walls and said, like, I've graduated early. There's a graduate program that I want to be a part of. I, I want to be closer to home. And he was like, okay. And that was kind of communicated to him before the season was even over. Let's say that was true, and she was going to play next year at Gonzaga or Stanford or wherever. Fine. I have much less of an issue with that than her giving out, I think it's just some, let's just say it, disingenuous reasons for leaving the program and then going to join LSU. If she were just honest about the whole thing, I'd have less of an issue for sure. I mean, I just, the honesty is, I'm just, listen, you can tell me it's not about chasing the title, but it is. I mean, it's, or maybe it's about wanting some more nil money. If that's the case, I'm not going to hate on you for it. Wanting to make as much as you can right now in college, because I mean, this isn't even like the NBA option. You're not going to be able to make this much probably in the WNBA or you know playing overseas. So, make as much as you can, get a ring. I mean, just, just don't lie to me and tell me it's all about grace. Texas Trevor, what is the appeal of watching classic NFL and NBA games? Well, the NFC, the, the last night was fun just because it's. I mean, one that's a classic game, the '99 NFC title game. That's the 15 Gary Anderson, you know, missed field goal and lost to the Falcons in overtime. Plus, just kind of listening to the announcers, just flashback to remembering it. I remember watching that game in in, in the dungeon in, on, in the house in Norburn, you know, on my old night, you know, twenty inch TV down in the basement. We used to call it the dungeon. Um, it's kind of you know, I was nineteen years old, my whole world in front of me. Just kind of, kind of, you know. So the the appeal is nostalgia for you. Yeah, sure. Certainly, especially classic games. I I'll rewatch some. I mean, usually it has to be something like '90s or early 2000s for me to like catch me to watching a classic game. Then when it is over, I watched the movie The Warriors, which was from 1979. Also nostalgia and NBA related. That's NBA because Shaq was very famous for ripping off the "Can You Dig It?" Yeah. <laughs> Texas says Kobe was the number one guy when it was Pegasol. No, Kobe was not the. Kobe took the most shots. That team doesn't get past the first round of the NBA turn playoffs if Paul Gasol doesn't carry them. Let's not forget Kobe going one for eighteen and somehow getting an MVP award. Where Gasol won, yeah. Paul Gasol was the best pro on that team, plain and simple. Texas HVL got humbled not being able to carry a team like Caitlin Clark and had to gracefully leave a role player position. I like you said gracefully. A lot of grace. Texas says, my God, is anyone else sick of the idiom at the end of the day? At the end of the day, no. Idiom? Yeah. Is he calling me an idiom? Sure. You're an idiom. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, angry guy. Uh, angry guy. Still, is he still angry? Oh, so many tech. He's so mad that we're saying UK has drama right now. I don't even know. You're. I mean, is it not drama? I, I love that he tries to hide it too. He's two different numbers, which is, this is classic angry guy thing. It's the, and this, the order is the same exact. Like it's UK Does he not buy a phone just to text us? I think so. That's awesome. I love it. It's pathetic, actually. Uh, I can't, Mike. You have a daughter. Not pathetic. It's Get awesome. out of your big red shades for a second. Talking about HVL. Um, imagine, yeah, Mike. You have a daughter, man. Imagine saying UK has had more drama than you about, which we did not say at all. How could you say that about HVL? You have a daughter. And then spending a thirty-minute segment on what college athlete decided to do. You're showing yourself, Mike. Be better. Again, same phrase, two different numbers. You're showing yourself. Can't believe you would say that about HBO. There's no drama in Cal finally getting it collected. This isn't four and twenty-eight seasons, whores, fired coaches, and bleeping down your leg in less than fifteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least he's not holding on to anything. 
guy. Does that man not have a daughter? This guy loves. This guy like dies. It's the same guy who gets more mad than anybody when we're not on the air ride at three. <laughs> Nobody loves the I show love more it. than this guy. Isn't that the whole Howard Stern effect? I think so. Like the people who listen the most are the ones that hate him the most. And the thing is, we're not even that controversial. Like the the shots that we take at UK are very small compared to I think most shows on both sides. Of I the think shots at other athletes want to do UK. Probably, we've probably taken more shots at ourselves than we've taken well, at UK no. in the last few years. Or Kobe. Texas says Jack Harlow's bonnet for LCPT. I still don't understand what the deal with the bonnet is. Why does everybody hate the bonnet? I, I, thought, I didn't think it was that bad. I've seen I've seen worse outfits worn by. Uh, Hundreds of players walking into a sta- into a into an NBA game, and they don't get they don't get ridiculed. I just, I just don't understand it. I'm not he saying more about it. Whatever. Uh, I like this. I think Pat should come back more more of all kinds of hats. I think more bonnets and 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 should be worn. I like this these back to back texts. Laid back country pickers playing at Legacy Grove Park tonight in Winchester, and then. <laughs> Oops, okay. wrong text machine. Haha, ha, disregard. <laughs> Wait a minute. I kind of want to go see laid back country picker in, in Winchester. Now. I want to know what text machine, like what show is talking about that. I don't know, but I want to go. Laid back country pickers? Laid back country picker. Do you think maybe he just did that because I'm playing John Denver? I don't know. The text came in before the shows. What happens if you Google that? Probably find banned information. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Text says Jeff Walls didn't screw HVL. HVL screwed HVL in my Vince McMahon voice. <laughs> did, did he write that or did you know the reference? No, he wrote that. Okay, did you know the reference? No. Okay, good reference though. Texas, after watching that recent Baby Gronk video, his dad makes LeVar Ball look like Danny Tanner. It's it's bad. <laughs> like Danny, Tanker, Danny Tanner on, on set Danny Tanner or offset Danny Tanner? <laughs> like when I read that Baby Gronk, the dad interview, that I read like, you know, he had that quote about where he's like, you know, it, it's like a, you know, believing in God. Like, if there's a heaven, great. If there's not, you know, but you still praise God. It's a win-win. I'm like, I don't think you know what a win-win is. <laughs> like, that quote was hilarious. But watching that video, there was no part of me that was like, ooh, this is so bad. It's kind of funny. It was it was more than just, like, cringeworthy. It made me in, incredibly uncomfortable to see, like, the way he was interacting with the kid and the way the kid was interacting back. It just, yeah. And if I'm the radio show host to answer the first question we had, like, I'm kind of... You're almost doing a disservice if you don't call the dad out. The, the the pro football scout interview, he was going really hard at the dad, kind of like letting him know, like, do you see that why people have an issue with what you're doing? And if I'm the radio host, I'm like, what, what are you getting out of feeding this kid answers? Like, this isn't a, a video that you're producing. We can see what's happening. What these aren't his, having him on. Yeah, right? these aren't his genuine answers. Nobody's taking this as just like, this is what this kid is thinking and all this stuff. Like, this is, this, it's all you. This is, not okay. Texture says, just play Scoot's golf pun ad on repeat every commercial break for the entire show. <laughs> no, I think we do. No, there's, there's like three different nasty times. The pun, the, the, the one that overdoes the puns is my favorite. Potential golfers. <laughs> Both the, the, the ads are great. <laughs> Let the green times roll. <laughs> um, Texture says, quote Ron House, remember the name, the, the kid from Seneca. Oh, yeah. Somebody, somebody likes him. It actually surprised me some that you guys had never heard of one of the best guards in the city. The rumor is he's going to a prep school, but I hate the fact that some guys from here have to go that route, not only to get nationwide recognition, but to even have their local buzz go crazy. And I wish Louisville would put more effort into finding these diamonds in the rough, if you want to call them that. Just don't go prep, but are probably good enough to. Reasons why kids like McKnight go to WKU. 
then years later we'll hope we hope that they transfer to us. I probably should know. I mean, I'm just bad at recruiting Texter, so don't 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 take it personal with him and or that me not knowing. I can't speak for this slap over here, but you know that's my excuse. I mean, I felt like I'd, I I've heard of a decent amount of the kids in the sixth and seventh region, and I just I I'll hand up like had not really heard of. I do Paul Ron House, but I do agree with what he said, and it's something that's bothered me is the amount of talent. And and it's been some unfortunately few and far between in this area that just bounces from this area. I mean we we I mean for for a basketball hungry like area Ohio, in Louisville and State of Kentucky in general. I mean especially in Louisville. I mean the talent level has not been what it was at one point. I mean the last twenty five thirty years has been very slim, and the few that are have been here have all left and gone played in others. You know between Rondo and Russell, and they all bounce. I mean, Caleb Glenn recently just went the prep school route. Yeah, I You've mean, seen. I mean, uh, the the Tyon Stokes kid went the prep school route. Who's now out in California? He, he just left the city pretty much, and it's going to keep happening. Um, and we haven't had that much talent since probably what, like maybe early nineties. I mean, you had Jason Osborne in the early nineties, McDonald's All American. Well, I mean, we had a run there where we had a, a Louisville player on scholarship here for seven straight seasons recently. So, well, I mean, and we, had, I mean, from seventies through the eighties, there was an abundance of talent coming through. Right. The city. I mean, I think it's been better in recent years than you're you're giving it credit for. Like, like who? I mean, I mean, Quentin Snyder, Ray Spalding, Dwayne Sutton. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, I'm forgetting. Some. I think. They, David Johnson from Trinity. Johnson's uh, Johnson was yeah who stayed in in, in city. Um, I like Quentin. I mean, he was a huge recruit. But yeah, I mean, we had Keelan Martin who went, ended up becoming a top ten all time scorer at Butler. Uh, it's been like there's been more talent here locally, but the texture's right. A lot of times, for whatever a lot of reason, times the radar guys too. Yeah, for for whatever reason, it does seem like there are a lot of instances. I mean, Sutton's one of these where guys from this area, I, I guess, just because they don't have big time recruiting accolades. Don't get offered by U of L or UK or sometimes even WKU. They'll go to a smaller school, kill it for a year or two, and then get on Louisville or Kentucky's radar and, and come back and you know, play for them. Some of the schools. I mean, Sutton went to UNC Asheville because it was the yeah. only scholarship offer. He was Big South tournament MVP, led them to the NCAA tournament, and then came here and was a really good player for three years. I, maybe Gabe Sisk has a similar thing. I know a lot of people really like him. They think he maybe he goes to East Tennessee State, has a couple of really good seasons then gets on Louisville's radar and comes here. But it does seem to be a, 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 a situation like that. But, again, if you're – Last two, Johnson and Spalding are good examples. Unfortunately, I mean, they could also say they were somewhat underachieving at Louisville. I, mean, I think Spalding was really underrated here. I think he doesn't get enough – he had injury issues. He was super he talented. And when he finally was clicking, you know, COVID happens, and that kind of derailed his whole thing. But he was an immensely talented guy, and he had put up really good numbers um, on the team that – not, not this is before COVID. This was, I mean, I meant the the Rick Pitino getting fired thing happened. Uh, he put up really good numbers on the team that damn near made the NCAA tournament in the David Paget year, and I think we just kind of have glossed over that. I mean, he was a almost average a double double, thirteen points, nine rebounds. That was the senior year, wasn't it? Junior, he went pro after his junior. Oh, yeah, year. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, last year in general. Yeah, I think he was really good on that team, and it just kind of got glossed over because of all the the, the drama and the, you know, the the team underachieving to a certain point. Because he kind of had the season that I think we were hoping Dang Adele would have. He was the most consistent player on that team. And Dang, who was supposed to be the, the big NBA talent, just sort of, you know, he was feast or famine for sure. Um, Texture says, hard to blame HVL. After all, no way Kim Mulkey would ever have the most talented team in the country and lose to Jeff Walls in Louisville, right? It's a joke <sighs> because she's, it's happened before. 
Wait a minute. TJ texted and said, don't worry, texture. Mike's ass is mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like you may be listening to KRC tomorrow. Say butt, please. <laughs> yeah, come on. Please say butt. We have kids. Come on, TJ. You have a daughter, for God's sake. Texture says, the problem is that video games are so much bigger that it requires a huge download, even if you put the disc in. And then says, who the bleep uses sour grapes as a description? <laughs> Old people? Us. Us. <laughs> Daily. I say dollars to donuts still. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, he's right about that. Because even when you buy the disc, like, I even know for like a Red Dead, especially for like a game like a Red Dead or, or Grand Theft Auto, it does take like another, like, it still takes 15, 20 minutes probably download, even with the disc. But that's peanuts compared to waiting 24 hours. It's still wild to me. I mean, it's, yeah. It's like, I, I'm, uh, it's somewhat aggravating. I'm kind of wish I left the other one plugged in still. I have it sitting there. I think I'm bringing it up here maybe for Friday, the best game. Texas says, I know Karcher and he wasn't high. He's just like that 24 7. That's kind of what I've assumed the entire time. He says, also, Is that better or would you rather him be high? I'd rather him be, no, I'd rather him not be high. Uh-huh. I think it's funny. Uh, Texas says, the same Texas says, also, I have a friend whose parent is a women's basketball coach and said, uh, Haley's agents told her to leave for NIL and that she was a bad apple. That's been. I mean, I don't know if she's a bad apple, but. I think there was. I think she had. She was really close with Angsler and a couple of players that left from the year before. And I think she didn't click as much with the players on last year's team. Yeah. I don't know if that makes her a bad apple. She's. No, but it doesn't help with. She does have a unique personality, I would say. Maybe. I mean, there was all that talk about chemistry issues last season about how things just just didn't really click and they didn't really until the end they, they you know they got hot and made a nice run in the NCAA tournament but I think that like Haley's the type of leader who's not going to go out of her way to like maybe make the, the freshman feel welcome in a way that maybe some people did for her um I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of the she's. I'm not comparing her to this player necessarily, but it's kind of the Montrezl Harrell deal. Well, he was like a great player, lead by example guy, but maybe not the best captain when it came to forming team chemistry. I think mm-hmm. maybe that was an issue. And Mikasa Robinson, who's who also is more of a up until last year, kind of a lead by example as opposed to like give fiery speeches in the locker room. She had to step up and take on more of that role. I know Haley and, and Marissa Russell were, were close, but I think that besides that, like she kind of felt like her. Her best friends had left the team, and maybe that that played a part. But I don't know. Maybe Bad Apple is taking it too far. But if that's a coach saying it, then they would know better than we would. I mean, it's one man. It's just perspective, though. Also, sure. Texas says, uh, Trevor, can you hook up an Ethernet cable into your PS5? That would be faster than Wi-Fi. Uh, I wish I could, but my and it probably didn't help to, to reveal this. But like, also where I'm at, like I'm the complete opposite of the house where the router is. Like the, my router and, and, and internet thing is like in the far end of the other end of my house in the far corner of a bedroom, and I'm in like literally other. I mean, it's, I don't think you can be any farther if you're indoors of my house than I am from my internet either from my Wi Fi, which probably doesn't help you. Texas says uh, athletes like HVL think fans, people are fans of their personal brand when in actuality they're fans of the team and root for the best players. I wish her luck, but the grass isn't always greener. I think, I, mean, I think fans are in college are not in pros. I think fans do like the brands, but it's secondary to the team winning. If if the team's not winning, no. nobody cares about the personal brand, yeah. right? But if the team is winning, 
Oh, we go nuts over, hey, Russ Smith loves waffles. Here's this picture of him eating a stack of gigantic waffles. And it's like, we ate all that stuff up. Like, you know, Gorgie Zhang speaks five languages and jokes about ch- uh, you know, chasing lions as his favorite hobby. And all like, we love the individual stories. But, like, there were, I'm sure, some really likable kids on last year's team. And we didn't really want to hear it when the team was winning four games. That's just the, the fact of the matter. So, like, we, I, I think we enjoyed... HVL's fiery fieriness, like the background of her growing up with Kobe Bryant and all that stuff, and, and like, that was great. But it was all secondary to the team's success. And when it feels like she's taking a shot at the program to a degree, then yeah, we're like that's going to go out the window. We're we, we, at the end of the day, we're cheering for the individuals, but more than that, we're cheering for laundry. Like you can put any player in the Louisville stuff, and they're going to become our favorite players. Like that's just the way that it goes, and that's college athletics in a nutshell. Uh, all right, we, we talked over the top there. We'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, you guys have filled the text line. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's it's fine. The, the HVL stuff has fired up people. We will get into the UK drama, which is so much children. so much worse than any Louisville drama that the program has dealt with over the last 15 years. So much worse. It's terrible. It's incredible. I can't believe this isn't more of a national story. Uh, that and more coming your way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. Not about West Virginia. This song's not about West Virginia. It's about the western part of Virginia. Not just a viral video, it's an actual fact. I was potting down mine. And not I know, yeah, you weren't. T- nobody could hear you. That's <laughs> like distracted. I woke Khaleesi up, though. At the time he recorded the song, John Denver had never set foot in either Virginia or West Virginia. He wrote it after he was driving for a tour date and driving through the western part of Virginia. So it wasn't even about West Virginia? Not even about West Virginia State. It's about the western part of Virginia. At least least his his homage to Colorado and Denver, he was staying there at the time. I would hope so. If that's not true, then I just— If it's a flyover song, then my God, what are we even doing here? He actually had had like a ranch there, and he would would spend his his like summers there and winters. He'd spend time there off-season, which he loved. You know, when you you visit places, like you never know if it's a— if it's an actual thing that's unique to that place or if it's just, just happens to be coincidental that this keeps happening while you're there. But when we were in Ireland, we heard country roads. I mean, seven different times, probably like seven different places. Everywhere we went, like the band had just started playing. I'm like, is this a joke? Is it like, is it like in Euro trip when they go to Europe and they keep hearing Sky doesn't know everywhere? That's how I felt. Like they're in the club and it's playing like the remix version. We we'd be like a, a nice restaurant, and this this band would be playing like very like 
kind of Gaelic music, like just very specific, like music to Ireland, like, you know, just different language. And then out of nowhere, it'd be like almost. To, is this a jo- is this, there's no way this is happening again. Maybe they saw you in like the, in the Americans. I guess, but like, I mean, it was a karaoke place. It was just everywhere we went. There was I, some, somebody was playing country roads. It does make more sense, though, because I always thought it was hard. Like, how could someone sing so fondly about West Virginia that it's actually been to West Virginia? That, that 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 was always a struggle in my mind, and that makes more sense. Like he just wrote it because he, you know, he'd never been there. I mean, I've been to West Virginia. I can't speak fondly of it. Yeah, yeah. the he references the Shenandoah River in the song, which is yeah. in Virginia, not West Virginia. Oh, look at you, Mister yeah. Geographic. Are you are you calling out John Denver? Are you saying? Are you? Saying, no, uh, I think John Denver is talking about West Western Virginia. I think he's admitted it. <laughs> yeah, West Virginia. It's their song. I know. It's kind of embarrassing for them. <laughs> well. It'd be like if the Get Down Click was writing about Louisville, Colorado, right? <laughs> we just, uh, my whole life would have been lies. Louisville, Mississippi. Isn't there Mississippi, Louisville, Mississippi? There too? is, and Colorado. Yeah. yeah, I think there's one more, too. But it's like, the, the one in Mississippi, they say, is Louisville. The one, and the one it's spelled in, the same, though. Yeah, and the one in Colorado, they pronounce, pronounce as Louisville. Oh, is it? Yeah, we used to have uh, the Reds reporter. What's his name? Wes, um, he's, from, he's from Kentucky, but he's a big Reds guy. He writes for the Reds reporter website. His name's Wes something. I can't remember his last name now. Uh, I'd have him on the show sometimes, and he lived Not in... Not Wick Terrell. Wick Terrell, yeah. Yeah, Wick Terrell. I said Wes. I'm sorry. Wick Terrell, yes. Uh, he lives in Lewis... He, or he did when I had him on the show. He lived in Louisville, Colorado, even though he followed the Reds and covered the Reds. And I just tease him. I'm like, can you send me a shirt? Like, I just want a shirt just, just, just to see it. Yeah. But he said, yeah. He said, it's, he's from Lexington, but he lived out there. He said, yeah, it's Louisville. They don't... They look at it no other way. We're the only exception to the rule, I guess. I guess we are. Well, you know, it's it's supposed to be Louis, but we say Louisville. I really is that is like the is the way we pronounce Louisville the only like city that's multiple around that that is like that, or I'm only pronounced one way in one area. No, I mean, you know, Versailles is supposed to be Versailles. So is I, it? I think every city in Kentucky so we, we pronounce the wrong it's way. Just the Kentucky in general. If there's any Kentucky city or location that has a European origin, we're going to say it the wrong way on purpose. Well, Lexington is there's a Lexington in uh, in like Boston or in Virginia. Mass- yeah, and they all pronounce they they call it Lexington. Well, how else would you pronounce it? Lexington. Le- <laughs> they dropped the excellent Le- Mexican pronunciation. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, all right, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Speaking text line. We'll take a, a few more texts here. And wrap up hour number two as we roll on here on a uh, it's, 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 people spicy a little spicy Tuesday edition of the Microsoft Spicy for the taco. Texas, I just left a taping of Pawn Stars, and Corey is a D word. I mean, I've that, never seen Pawn Stars. That's I've never watched it. I've heard, but that show is just there's nothing true about it. Like it's all uh, yeah, it's, I think it's every reality show. Yeah, it is for the most part because that's the show that's always on True TV. Which I only watched during the NCAA tournament. Every commercial during an NCAA tournament game is for Pawn Stars. I remember Pawn Stars just because when I was working at, at Insight, um, it was the the one time I got caught up in the very short time into the Facebook games. Like they had the Facebook Sim City where you build like the college towns, mm-hmm. and Pawn Stars was another one on there. And that was I'd play it every so often when I was at like working at Insight because I'd be bored, you know, between calls and stuff. That's the only. That's the only other reason I know Pawn Stars. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't watch reality television anyway. I just can't do it for me. Texas, why is the angry UK guy trying to hall monitor a U of L radio show? Hi, angry guy. That's what he does from three to six on. I like on the hall monitor reference. It's a good one. Texas, says, what's up with uh, Davis and Johnson? Are they on campus yet? Here's the, the latest of what I've heard. Because I David I, Johnson. No, uh, Karan Davis and Tyler Johnson. Oh yeah. 
the latest I've heard is that Karan Davis is expected to be on campus, I think, within like a couple of weeks. He had to finish up one semester of work or something to get stuff in order. They expect that to happen. They expect him to be here, I think, before the end of the month to join summer sessions. Tyler Johnson, I think the the eligibility concerns are legitimate from, from what I've been told. So I don't know what's going on there. I think there's still hope that maybe this can can get worked out. But that seems to be more – with Karan Davis, it sounds like they're expecting him to be here. They're expecting this to get worked out. They're expecting him to be a part of the team. With Tyler Johnson, I think there's more uncertainty and doubt. So we, we get a guard that's like under six foot four. finally. They can be like a ball-handling point guard, and he's not even going to be eligible. This is Kenny Payne just being like, see, I told you I'd do I it. I told you this I, what happens. Knowing full well that he wasn't going to be able to be eligible, he's like – it's it's if if so brilliant move on his part. Like I appease the people who want small guards, but I don't have to actually coach him because like he's Rand- not going to make it. Like Kate Payne's like Randy Newman. over like short beef, short guards got no chance to play. <laughs> don't ever use that voice again. <laughs> you know Randy Newman. I'm familiar with Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to eat the apple. Going <laughs> right, left, right foot, left foot, right foot. Texas I saw a good coming-of-age movie called Eighth Grade yesterday. I would bet that Trevor would like it. It's recent, but it's nostalgic and very relatable and says relevant to Trevor talking about Warriors, a more recent movie Trevor might like. Um, well, it, Warriors can't be. I'm not even going to put that on the list for you because you would hate it. I mean, it's known for two ba- – Warriors is known for two scenes. The Can you dig it? And my favorite, you know, Warriors come out and play. Which they say at the every game they, they play that. Do they, yeah, I mean, the, the, the bottles jingling. Yeah, it's, that's the two most interesting scenes. Uh, eighth grade, it's coming of age film. I'm always a fan of the coming of age. Starring uh, Elsa Fisher. That name's, oh, okay, I was thinking that was the girl from Pam. Uh, if it's streaming on somewhere, I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot. I've been needing something to watch lately. Is it Isla Fisher? From Elsie Fisher. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's, 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 well, I thought that was. I, that's the only I was like, the girl from what? Yeah, it was a Josh Hamil- Hamilton, uh, who I don't The re- baseball player. <laughs> he's in rehab now. Nice to know that he's clean. Uh, Emily Robinson. I don't recognize her name. Well, then, check it out. Let us know if it's worth watching. I will let you know. Texas, I think the thing with the bonnet is that they're saying it's cultural appropriation. I'm not saying I agree, but I think that's the problem. Oh, okay. Well, so it's because. I guess it's something that black men and women wear that that Jack is now wearing. It's a bonnet. I don't. I, I'm I'm in the dark here, so I'm not going to to speak on. It. I thought it was. See, initially I thought he was trending because it was just like a kind of he looked goofy. Yeah, because he's wearing a bonnet. Making fun of him, and I guess it's something more than that. Texas says, "Tell the mad texter to chill out. It's Ricky Karcher Day, and if the texter doesn't like it, we've got a Karcher controlled fastball coming for his head." I'm just trying to figure out how to bonnet's culturally sensitive to, to black people. We have to look at it. <laughs> I got. I got to find that one out. Karcher is the not just the the first player in first red in 80 years to record a save in his MLB debut. He's the first player that I know of to record a save in his MLB debut after almost killing a guy <laughs> five minutes earlier. You're telling me? You tell me? Rob Dibble never tried to kill a man. <laughs> Uh, Texas says, Grr, me angry man. My opinion matters. You baby man with small pee-pee. And then says, JK, I love you guys. I like that. It's funny. Texas says, uh, local players that, that have been big in the last 20 years, Larry O'Bannon. Yeah, but Larry O'Bannon was a huge recruit. Larry O'Bannon was 
I mean, a lot of people, including myself, wondered why Louisville was even bringing Larry Bannon on. He was still a bigger recruit than like Gabe Sis and some of the guys we've been talking about recently coming out of high school. He was a top 100 guy, so he was. Yeah, I mean, he was. Was he top 100? Yeah, I mean, he was. He, he was like a three star at best. I think he was a. I mean, he was he was a relatively big deal. I mean, he was Mister Basketball. He was a. Well, he was I a guy guess. that people said Rick Pitino needed to go after. I think Pitino didn't want to, but he felt a little I pressure. Didn't, I didn't think he was Louisville level either. I mean, I mean, we no, and we had guys like that. I mean, we'd gone from having like again. I know this, I like Tony Williams, but Tony Williams is the best player on your team. This is the type of Louisville team you got. You know, Tony Williams should have been a third or fourth option on a good team. You know, Larry O'Bannon. I, Larry O'Bannon. I, I, I ain't crowing Larry O'Bannon. I, I, by the end of his career, I loved the man. We'll take a bullet for him. You know, at least in like the knee or the arm. But, like, the first two years, there was a point where I was, like, wanting to plant, like, drugs in his team locker to get him off the team. He was aggravated me so bad. First of all, Tony Williams was never the best player on a Louisville team. I know. <laughs> no, he was, like, the second. Well, he didn't even second on our, our team in scoring, wasn't he? I, don't, I, don't, I would be willing to bet that Tony Williams never averaged double figures. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure he averaged double figures. I don't, I, I, I'll make you a bet right now that he didn't. He, if he was, it was, like, 9.9. Like when Tony did, Williams, Louisville. I'm going to go sports reference for you. Well, thank you, because God forbid they're not going to like lie about the... like. Tony Williams never... Oh, I take it back. I was wrong. I'm uh, wrong. Oh, look at that. Just like, yeah, okay. I'm wrong. He averaged uh, 12.1 points per game his junior year and 13.6 his senior year. And did he not lead us in scoring those two years? No way. Uh, the 2000 team had Maven on it. There's no way Maven didn't lead the team in scoring. He technically was not. He was tied with Maven at 12.1. Nate Johnson averaged 12.3. So he didn't. But, but very close. That team went 19. And again, in the record shows it. And I like Tony Williams. So I'm just saying, yeah. And last no, I year, agree with your point. He was 13.6. Nate was 13.9. And Maven was 14.7. Yeah. So he was like the third option. Yeah. Which is still probably. Again, and I'm with you. I like Tony Williams. He should not have been. But the, that's the where third we option. were as a program, having Tony Williams with the ball in his hands in moments. We probably. Uh, Nate Johnson, too, for that matter, a little bit. Texas says, after Deng's freshman year, I thought he was going to be the best defensive player that ever played here. His last year, he was kind of bad on defense. Very disappointing. He was a guy that I still I would have loved to have seen what would have happened, one, if he hadn't had the injuries, and two, if Rick Pitino had, had coached him his entire career. Because you know, for all the, the, the complaints that people have about Pitino not playing freshman, Deng Adele started as a true freshman. No. And Pitino said he was going to – this was – Classic Patino, who was famously wrong about his NBA projections with guys at Louisville over the years. He said he was going to be the best NBA player that he produced at Louisville. Keep in mind, he was in the same class, not just the same team, but the same class as Donovan Mitchell, who did not start and who has become arguably the best NBA player to ever come out of Louisville, or at least is on the pace to be the best NBA player to ever come out of Louisville. But Dang was good at the beginning of his freshman year. He was very good on defense, gets hurt. Comes back, didn't really look like the same guy, and then sophomore year had a good year, but didn't take that giant leap forward that that we thought he was going to, and that Donovan did. And then his junior, year, he just kind of seemed like a guy who was he was pissed off at the situation. Kind of going with the motion a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was pissed off that that Paget was now the coach. You know, he felt like he was too good. He thought he was going to be off to the NBA. You know, there's this guy in Donovan Mitchell that he thought he was better than just 12 months ago, and now he's a frontrunner for Rookie of the Year while Dang is still stuck at Louisville and not popping off the way that, that people thought he was going to. He just, Yeah, he kind of seemed like he was just annoyed at the entire situation, and I think that 
approach was a big part of the reason why we ended up not making the tournament that year. He didn't actually. He, he started more games. Mitchell did play more minutes that year as a freshman. What? Because he got hurt. Yeah, Adele played eight, started eight games at twelve minutes a game. Mitchell five, started five at nineteen. And Mitchell averaged a few more points, but yeah, I mean the, the fact that he was starting more games. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he was more hyped than you saw from. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's the one thing you heard most about him was how his dad was was a scout for the Mets his freshman year, and he wore forty five because of Jordan. Now, I remember hearing that Donovan was like going to be the next great guard that we had because he was underrated. He missed the entire AAU circuit after his junior season because he'd been hurt, and they thought they'd gotten a big time steal, but they thought Adele was going to be the bigger long term mm-hmm. prospect. And then Rick started Dang as, as a true freshman right off the bat and didn't start Donovan, which was interesting. Yeah. It kind of bring things full circle here. Tonight, I don't know if you've seen this, at the Yankees match, the g- game one of the Subway series, Rick's throwing out the first pitch. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this I'm is – I'm about to submit today. I don't know if this is known, though. Donovan's going to catch it tonight. Oh, really? I don't know if I'm breaking that news, but right. I have it on high authority from a – Patino family member that Donovan will be catching the first pitch because he does have the affiliation with the Mets and yeah. apparently Donovan's dad kind of set this whole thing up. But I was just seeing it like all the Patinos are going to be there and it's going to be this. Oh. I was just like, damn it! I was like, oh, I want it. I, I want that to be Kenny Payne. I want. I want him to. I want to. I want to be in the mix there. I want to be having cool stuff like this happen. Uh, Texture says, Does VJ King's career go a different way if Patino doesn't leave Louisville? No. I mean, we had him one year. No, I say no. I say. I mean, no. you're probably right. I'm just throwing. I'm just, just hypothetically out there. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, may, maybe, but I don't think so. Texture says, um, Bo Burnham wrote and directed eighth grade. Well, I love Bo Burnham, so I probably uh, do. I, how would I know? But I just clicked on him. He's a comedian, really creative comedian. Yeah, so I don't. Recognize... We had a special during the pandemic that was awesome. Was he? Yeah, he was great. Okay, well, the special's I'll, really good. I'll let you know if you like it. Texture says uh, that movie was on. HBO Max. Well, don't okay. call it HBO Max, just Max. <laughs> I don't call it Max. That's my, that's my buddy's kid's name. It's, it was weird. I, it's the weird. <laughs> I mean, have you, do you have they the may, And they made me down, or you download the yeah, app, and too. Yeah, it just says Max. Yeah, it does. I HBO's know. the brand. What are you doing? Why are you losing? <laughs> I do love everybody making the joke about it. Can't wait for Peacock to follow suit. Just yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I made you say a penis thing. <laughs> no, he died. caught you. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Louisville fans... Love to romanticize local talent. Oh yeah, we absolutely do. But I mean, again, I mean, and sometimes I, justifiably so, though. But I mean, short of like, I'm talking, I'm talking like national like talent coming out of here. I mean, it's been what Rondo and Russell are the last two in the last what thirty years, really. I mean, John, other than David Johnson, I'll, I'll stand by. I forgot David Johnson's right. Yeah, I keep forgetting David for some reason. What do you mean, as far as just... like McDonald's All American level high school top twenty five prospect, like five star kid. Spalding was a high four star kid when we signed him. He was he, he picked us over Duke, and he was I think in the, between like thirty and forty. Um, but as far as like that level, yeah, it's probably been like that. Those three. I mean, I think like David Johnson wound up not being quite as highly touted as we thought he was going to be. Um, he wasn't like borderline McDonald's American level. I don't think so. I thought maybe I'm being. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, mean, I know that people here locally were like, he's he's better than. And I know, and listen, Russell left after his freshman year, so I mean, where Rondo at least stayed until I think what his junior year before he left and went to Oak Hill. His, he stayed through his junior. Yeah, year. His, his senior yeah. year was the only year that he went to Oak Hill because his junior year was my senior year, and that was the year where he scored like a billion points at the LIT. But I just think about growing up. I mean, and I know a lot of you get your Winston Bennett's and your and your Osborne sure. and Griff. I mean, it just it seemed like just so much more coming through this. 
And what, ba- what what aggravates me is when I do it and I look over to Indiana and I see they've got like a dozen of them a year. I mean, Indiana's it's, high school basketball has just been better. Than I know, well, it's not even close. No That's it. the thing. Yeah, it's just, it's for some for for a state that to take so much pride in its high school basketball and the fact that we can't at least brag that we we are a single championship, which trumps any amount of talent you can bring to the table. Exactly, it's a coward's yeah. System. So that's that does give you give us that, but it just. I don't know. I, I want to take some pride and be able to say, like, hey, we've got this great high school, you know, talent coming out here. And I'm not saying we're scrubs, but we're, we're far from the top. We, are, I mean, the, you're you're not wrong there. For the reference, the players since the ninth since 1990 from that were born in Louisville that have played in the NBA. Um, it's it is a relatively small sample size. David Johnson was born in 01. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keelan Martin uh, was born in 95. Um, Rondo. <laughs> Rondo, yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Jay Scrub, technically. Did Scrub play in the NBA? Yeah. Okay. Briefly. Um, Dante Smith. Again, that's the briefly part. Nolan Smith, technically born in, in Louisville. Okay. Well. Yeah. Ray Spalding, and that's it. I mean, that's. Yeah, it's not it's not what you'd expect from a, that's just a place like, that's as crazy. But here's the weird thing. Now, is, if you even say the state of Kentucky, though, in general, I mean, how much more can it'd you It'd be re- more than that. I guess you could, but who else would you really add? I'm top of my head, I can't. There have been some, I guess. Uh, but like Unless you got OJ Mayo, maybe. The other thing is, I mean, Louisville has become an as a city. A lot of the kids that I think would have been more focused on basketball over the last twenty years have been focused on football because no, we have true. become a big time producer when it comes to um, college and NFL talent in yeah. football. I mean, Louisville football, this area. I don't think I'm saying anything that's that's not true. Dominates the state of Kentucky. It comes to football. the best talent is in this area, and a lot of kids that probably in the '80s would have grown up playing basketball were more focused on football growing up in the 90s and the 2000s. Now, maybe no, that I mean, shifts back with the, the current group because football is becoming less and less in vogue among children's sports, but uh, for the last 20 years or so, I think it's been, that's been a, a big shift. I mean, 20, 25 years, I mean, you go back to the mid-90s, we, since then we've had, I mean, the state of Kentucky, and not just Louisville, but the state of Kentucky in general and Louisville, has produced the, the high school offensive and defensive player of the year coming out of high school, and yeah. James Johnson and Chris Redmond. I mean, you. Meant, I mean, Brian, yeah. Brian Brown was a USA Today. Yeah, I mean, just the. I mean, to to use the scientific term, a buttload of guys that just have not. They don't even stay here, you know. Whether it be a Sean Alexander or you know, a, a, um, uh, what's anybody going down to Florida State or Michigan? I mean, just it's some you know Montreal Jones, you know Bernard Jackson was another big talent out of uh, you know this local area. They went to Tennessee. It's just yeah, it's there's. Hand over fist in football, which is weird to say because, you know, no one's ever going to look at our football and high school football and say, that's, oh, Kentucky, that's a hotbed for football. No, but I mean, to be fair, Trinity has I mean, finished in the top 10 nationally like, like seven times in the Trinity last. Trinity may on say next usually hold their own, yeah. Uh, let's take a break. We talked over the top of the hour. I'm sorry about that. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into some of this UK stuff. I've got a, a, a baseball thing to get to as well. Maybe we'll try to get to this list. We, it's been a spicier than expected show, so maybe we'll have to save it for tomorrow. But uh, we'll try. I'm and determined then, to see how much this is going to piss me off. I don't know how much it is. Maybe it now works. I'm getting pissed we'll off. I can't be pissed off at Man, it. That's, that's also helping the show. So <laughs> we'll also hear from you on the Thornton Stacks line, 502-414-1450. Make your voice heard. One more hour left here. Keep it locked on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Take me home, country roads. All my memories gather round her. Miner's lady, stranger to blue water. Dark and dusty, painted 
guess he'd rather be in Colorado He'd rather spend his time out where the sky looks like a pearl after rain Once again see him walking Once again hear him talking to the stars he makes and asking them for bus fare. Guess he'd rather All right, final hour here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on a Tuesday on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I just saw during the break, uh, and I, I, I guess it happened about an hour ago, or it was announced about an hour ago, Cormac McCarthy, probably the greatest or at least the highest regarded living American novelist, uh, died at 89, which I don't have a joke to make. I was a huge, huge fan of, of his books. Not familiar. He wrote No Country for Old Men. He oh, I wrote, know that. Uh, the Road. He wrote The Passenger. I liked uh, All the Pretty Horses. Um, I was a big fan, and he, uh, again, 89, not like it was a sudden passing at, at 60 or 50 or something like that, but um, still very, very sad. I was a big mm-hmm. fan of his work, and... Bummed to see that he's gone. It's important. They comes in threes. Last night we lost Treat Williams. I saw that, which I mean, that was I think a motorcycle accident. Yeah, seventy one. Yeah, that was very sad. I mean, I think of Treat Williams. I, I know he's like did like plays and like like theater, but I just know him as the guy who was this in the substitute sequels. Great hair. I mean, yeah, I just remember that box. But Tom Berenger was the original in the substitute, and then when they did the sequels, they did like five of them, and Treat Williams was in all of them. I just remember that's how, that's how I always remember Treat Williams is the guy who was the sub, in the substitute sequels. I'm sure that's how he wanted to be. Remembered. He was the substitute in the substitute. Get it? <laughs> it's impressive. Sometimes I just think my jokes are just way over your head. They are. I, think just, I go home and I think about it. I'm like, oh. No, I can't explain it. That's what he meant. Man, can you explain to me this? Start Google searching. I'm like, oh. There's layers to this guy. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? <laughs> Can you name anything Treat Williams was in? It's about what? Can you name anything Treat Williams was in? I yeah, I saw the. What was he in? <laughs> the substitutes. <laughs> He's one of those guys that like looks familiar. I remember seeing stuff like there's stuff that I. Oh, seen he he had that kind of like uh, old like throwback like gray hair like he looked like a manly man. Yeah, I mean, there's something recent that he was in that I remember. Nah, I'm I'm drawing a complete blank. No, I don't know. <laughs> you giving up? Yeah, I don't know. I, he, again, great hair, very familiar. I was sad to see that he like um, everybody. He was one of those where everybody who had, had known him that was putting out tributes. They all said the same thing about him being just a super nice guy. And you know, yeah. you say that about some people, and it's not real. But with him, he was a, a very very. I mean, nice his most recent drunk parents, twelve mighty orphans. Hey, look, he's an orphan. Have not seen that. Uh, second act. Don't even know what that is. The Great Alaskan Race. No, he's done a lot. He's done like three movies a year for like every year, so it's I can't name them all. He's just in a, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in the hideout. Familiar looking guy. Uh, last night we finalized the the eight teams that are going to play in Omaha for the College World Series. First of all, did you see how the Stanford Texas came in? Yes. Oh my god! Like I did. Are people making fun of Texas? Like I feel bad for Texas. I took. A, I made a little joke about. Well, it. I guess you make. Like, I mean, if you, hate, I do feel bad for. Them. I mean, if you hate Texas, like you're a Texas Tech guy or whatever. I get maybe you can like you can you know have fun in this their expense, but so, to, I felt bad. People don't even know what we're talking about. Some people don't. Yeah. It, like the the way the game ended, which it, it covered up the fact that 
in that same inning, so it was a 6-6 game, bottom of the ninth, Stanford's hosting the, the, the Super Regional, a dude hit a, hit, hit a ball that hit the wall. He thought he hit a home run. He threw his helmet in the air and like trotted in a second. It was a close play, actually. He had no idea that the ball, the ball was still in play. And that was the second craziest thing that happened in the inning. Well, I didn't even see that. Yeah, Stanford winds up having guys on second and third with two outs. Uh, guy hits a, a pop-up into short right center field. Like the, the, the crowd groans. You feel like, oh, it's over. The two Texas outfielders both just lose the ball in the lights. Yeah. It falls harmlessly to the ground. Bam, Stanford wins. That's a walk-off hit. It'd be a tough way to see your, your dream of going to the College World Series come to an end. Who was who the SEC school? Was it Arkansas? Where the guy dropped the foul ball in, in, in the, uh, the out, and, and, and he cost, and that would have been a third out, and then the next play. I believe it was Arkansas. Was it Arkansas? I mean, I can't, yeah, I mean, that was... I mean, that was painful, it too. It happened to Oregon State like a long time ago, too. They made a big error, and then the next batter hit a home run yeah, in the championship I mean, series. I mean, those are heartfelt. You, you got to feel bad for them. But, but this was just like, this is like a, you know, this looked like the definition of what like would have been a ground rule double if like if, if they had, if it hadn't gone far enough out. I know that because there was two outs, so you can't have that. But What are you talking about, ground rule double? Yeah, because when the ball's like straight up and there's two on, one out, and you just let a ball fall so you can get a double play. That's not a ground rule double. Ground rule double is when the ball bounces over the fence. No, what am I thinking of? Then? Infield fly rule. Infield fly rule. Yeah, you, you can't. Yeah, it was too deep for an infield fly. Yeah, and there was two outs. So, but but it looked like that kind of like you would just let it drop for that reason. Uh, but yeah, it's I felt bad for him. It was sad. It's like ground rule double. They're, they're not even close. No, they're in the same ballpark. That was, that, was, that was a tough. One literally leaves the ballpark, and the other one doesn't. That was a tough forty-five <laughs> seconds or so there for you. That's okay. That's well, what she said. We've got eight teams. <laughs> eight teams now in the College World Series. Wake Forest from the ACC is the favorite to win it all. They actually come to the College World Series with a plus, like they're in, in their five wins. So far, they've outscored their opponents by fifty-nine runs. It's the largest differential uh, of any team ever to make the College World Series. They, uh, you know, they, they won their last game against Alabama, twenty-two to six, and hit nine home runs, which tied an NCAA tournament record. So they're the five to two favorites. LSU and Florida are the fifteen to four co-second choices. Virginia, also out of the ACC, is six to one uh, fourth choice. And then TCU seven to one, Tennessee eight to one, Stanford fourteen to one, and Oral Roberts twenty to one. I did like seeing that. Tennessee- I'm just rooting for Oral Roberts. I'm rooting against Tennessee because they, they they still annoy me. I, I, I like that LSU and Tennessee, they're already smack-talking because they're playing in the first game. They're like, we want to shut their obnoxious fans up and all this stuff. It's going to be it, – it'll be a juicy little College World Series. should be a fun couple weeks. I'm rooting – I mean, do we root for Wake Forest? Do we do the no. Conference Pride thing? I don't I, – I No. Don't have, I don't, I'm, in fact, I'm, I don't have anything against them. I, I, I kind of do. They annoy me. You of all people, you hate Wake Forest. I do kind of hate Wake Forest. You've always, but, you've but like, that's more football and basketball. You, but, you know, you just, you just hate Winston-Salem in general. I don't hate Winston-Salem. You do. You said yourself you would never even stop in that town. You would just drive straight through it if you had the choice. Uh, that's why you don't smoke cigarettes because it's Winston Salem. I did say that. <laughs> like I was gonna be a smoker, and then I realized I came from Winston. Salem. I was a smoker. I, was like, so I started interacting with Wake yeah, Forest fans. Yeah. <laughs> Pop collared d bags. They are. I just no. I'm not rooting for them. I'm not rooting for Virginia. Um, I'm sure as hell not rooting for an SEC school. So, like, I'm kind of like I don't even know if I really want to watch much of the car. Like, I'm gonna. I guess I can root for Oral Roberts, but I mean. Part of me, like Stanford. Not, not really. I don't really want to root for Stanford. You hate everybody in the College World Series. I think I do. That's okay. I mean, does T- the TCU kind of like? I don't really want to root for them either. I mean, am I forgetting anybody? Because we 
TCU would be a little bit bittersweet because remember we pounded, we beat them in the the Shriners Classic at the beginning of the year when it looked like well, we were going to be really good. Well, then we also did, we did well against Virginia this year, didn't we? I know we got well, Wake Forest. We didn't have our good game. I'm assuming we Wake Forest. We at least won. We one. swept. Well, Virginia might have swept us. Yeah, I'm assuming if it was an ACC series, it probably didn't go well for us <laughs> unless it was at the very beginning well, of the yeah. year. So I'm, I'm no, and I've never been. I'm rooting for my conference alliance. I I never understood that. I'll never get it. I haven't either. You can you can you can tell me it's who you are and yeah, you explain to me all your Virginia. reasons, but it's going in one ear and out the other with me. I just I'm never going to comprehend it. So just it's, we might as well move on from it. Let's talk. Uh, we've been teasing this a little bit today, but the drama going on with in, in the UK world. Yeah, I need to kind of know the background of this too, other than you know. Well, we've been talking about how you, there's been a rift between. Matt Jones and John Calipari now yeah. for a, a little bit. Since he wouldn't come on his show, yeah. And Matt has said this week, I guess he said on the radio, and it got put in print form and made the rounds and got everybody all fired up about how you know behind the scenes there's been just disarray within the UK <laughs> basketball program. And Cal can Good deny word. it, but it's it's the, it's the case. You know, there's what's going on with TJ Biasner, what's going on with all these people, why are the players not coming back and all this stuff. And that has ruffled some feathers. I think there's also been some calls for – you know, why is John Calipari not using NIL more? Why is he not establishing a collective? And it sounds like today Calipari maybe swallowed his pride and then he is going to do a collective and all this stuff. But there was a tweet from Oscar Combs today. Ah, oh, God love Oscar. You know, the original Matt Jones, right? The OG Matt Jones. He was Matt Jones before Matt Jones was Matt Jones. <laughs> he was Matt Jones while Matt Jones was still Duke. Well, way before that. Yeah. <laughs> he tweeted out this morning and said, I'm thinking out loud now, which is great. Just for a moment. That's what Twitter's for, right? When the curtain falls on the Final Four next April, I can think of a scenario where either one highly acclaimed coach or one highly recognized media personality may have to hide or leave town. I'm hedging my bets on who that'll be. Is he referring to me and Kenny Payne? I think that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what he's referring to. <laughs> if Louisville doesn't go to a Final Four, KP's out. If they do, TK's gone. He's... <laughs> He's off to, off to West Virginia. And then you had a, a couple other U.K. writers writing about, you know, there were stories on the, the website talking about the disarray and uh, how it's isolated across the country and all that stuff. And it's just, it's one writer who has some intentional bias because he's had a strained relationship with John Calipari. It is, like, I don't want to do the whole, like, I, I guess choosing sides here, but I don't really blame Matt for being, like, What's happened the last few years is not up to UK standards. Now, it, is he doing some of this because he and Cal have a little bit of a rift for whatever reason? Probably. Has he been more defensive of Cal in the past? Yeah, but there's also been more justification in the past. It's now, been he, a long time now since they, it's been almost a decade since they've been to a Final Four. They've had early exits the last two years. The COVID year was a disaster. They only won nine games. They are not getting players at the same level in the transfer portal that you would expect them to. They've got a roster this year that is strange at best right now when you look at it. And I, I guess it can work maybe with freshmen if they're just that good, but it doesn't seem likely. We're going to see how that all plays out. I think it's fine to be like, this isn't the way that it was for the first six years here. And I think you can express some concern that maybe the best of Cal is behind us and that we're not necessarily on an upward trajectory that would indicate that we're going to get back to going to Final Fours and bringing in the, the creme de la creme of, of talent and, uh, and you know, making Kentucky 
the idol and the, the the pinnacle of college basketball again. It doesn't seem like we're on that path right now. I'm just saying that. Like, I don't think that he's and he's getting raked over the coals for some people by saying that. Like, it's been a while since Kentucky has been this feared. We're the top dog in college basketball type program now under Calipari. And I don't say that as like a jilted Louisville fan. Clearly, they've been way better than we have in recent years. So don't. No, I'm not setting the bar that high. Yeah, don't don't freak out about that. You've been way better than we have, but you have not been. I think you can admit this to yourself. You've not been what you were those first six, seven seasons when Calipari was there, and what I'm assuming you thought you were going to be in the second half of his tenure there. Well, safe to say this decade. Yeah, since, I mean since, since, since 2020 and the canceled tournament. I mean they didn't make the next. They, you won nine games the next year, and then you're out in the first round. As a you know two seed last year, and then you're out in the second round this year, to, you know to the same school that beat you just a few years earlier, you know in the in the Sweet Sixteen, and gained the state as, as a six seed. So I mean, after a disappointing season, yeah, I mean you went you were a six seed, and on top of that you were a six seed. You know, yeah, you lost well, you lost to a three seed. Well, you were a six seed. I mean, should you have been a six seed? And you were preseason top five, um, especially to you. I have no problem. I, I, listen, I I haven't heard everything that that. Matt has said about Cal, so I can't speak that I say I agree with agree with him one hundred percent. But I don't think there's any problem in questioning, you know, what Cal, what what where UK has been the last four years. I don't think there's any problem. With that. I mean, we we've done it. We'll sit there and do it with with Dan McDonald to a degree. Sure. I mean, we've done we we've done it even in he went to a Final Four last year with with Jeff Wallace. We thought we've done it. I mean, does it mean we think he's a bad coach? Do we think he needs to be fired? No, but I mean. If you, if you can't question your coaches at any point, whether good or bad, then then you're just then you're just a, a kiss ass and a suck up. I mean, I think and, it's and, fine. And do you really want that? I mean, is that what you want in your in, in your meeting? I don't. Well, I think we're we're having that same debate on our side of things too. I mean, well, every fan base is going to have it. I get that. I mean, that's fine. You need it. You you need to balance it out, but. I mean, I do remember. I mean, this. I mean, he was when Cal first got here. When I was still doing shows with Matt here and there, and we do some weekend, you know, freelance stuff together. You know, he was kind of on the the charge of you know the whole. This is the greatest night in UK history at the draft. He was very. He was he was hard on Cal for that, and that was coming off you know just the the year one of of Cal's tenure here and the Elite Eight you know final. That some people were probably you know upset they lost West Virginia to begin with, but. Um, because he shouldn't have, but nonetheless. I think it's fine to say, like, look, we are UK prides itself on being the greatest college basketball program of all time. They, you know, they'll reel off the stats to you all the time. If that's the case, why should we be sitting back and looking at programs like Kansas and Duke and, and Carolina to an extent, who in recent years have kind of surpassed us when it comes to on court production, who are right there in the thick of, of national title races every single year, it seems like Carolina last year being an obvious Exception. Yeah, at least to that exception, you can say, you know, Kentucky was a two seed. Yes, they lost the first round. Carolina barely got into the tournament and just got hot at the right time. Okay, but I, I'm still, the point still stands. Like Carolina went to, you know, they, they won the title in 2017. They went to the finals in 2016. Like they've, they've been, since 2015, they've been more of a national player than Kentucky has. Uh, they beat you to go to the final four in 2017, and then mm-hmm. they right there almost won a national title a year ago. Like they've, the schools that we see ourselves on par with or slightly above have all been more successful than we have been in recent years. And if we don't see tangible evidence that like that's going to change soon and we're going to get right back there in the center of the sport, then that's an issue. I think it's the same thing that we talk about 
when it comes to Kenny Payne. And it's not just about being 4-28 and and showing improvement. It's about the standards of being at a program like Louisville, where the standard isn't just let's get good enough to get back to the NCAA tournament and hopefully we can be a 10 seed that loses to a 7 in the first round. Eventually, and hopefully sooner rather than later, we're talking about Louisville being a top-tier national title contender and going to Final Fours and making deep runs as, as one, two, three, four seeds in the NCAA tournament because that's the standard here. And I don't think it's, uh, again, at the risk of just defending Matt Jones and and people being like, oh, you, you, how dare you? Like, I don't get why some UK fans are having that much of an issue with what's being said. Is it a little bit personal? Maybe, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. I mean, is is it wrong to be questionable cow or not questioning cow right now? No, I mean, I, I could you be on one side of the fence and say, listen, I, I don't, I don't think Cal deserves it because, I mean, we were a two seed. We, I mean, bleep happens in the tournament sometimes. We were a two seed though. We were one of the top teams in the country, and short of that, other than a nine win season, I mean, Kentucky you can say the same thing that we were saying about the you know the COVID year. They would have been a, a three or four seed possibly, mm-hmm. if not a two seed that tournament, and it was coming off a run where. You know, like you mentioned, a lead eight, a shot at the buzzer away from going to a championship game or a final four in that scenario. You know, a third, a second elite eight. You know, in, in seven, in, in eighteen and seventeen. I mean, they, they. I mean, I, I think you can sit there and say, listen. I mean, if you want to tell me that Cal doesn't deserve maybe all the ridicule because he's still been, you know, it's not like Kentucky's been out of the out of the realm of like relevance because they're not. But if you also want to say, hey, listen. We haven't won a title in eleven years now. You know we haven't we haven't been in the it's been a, we've now been what now Final Four. It's been almost It'll eight be years. Nine yeah, it's been year. almost eight years. So you know maybe I mean I, I can see where that get a little itchy. Right. I think that listening when I listen to KRC and they can correct me if I'm misrepresenting their positions here, but I feel like TJ and Nick they do a good job at kind of saying you can you can think that maybe Cal still has the best chance at making Kentucky a national powerhouse or a national championship contender right now. Uh, He's better at it than maybe anybody else out there that we could hire, but still having some issues with what's taken place in recent years and and being concerned with the the overall direction of the program. I feel like that's kind of where they fall in in all this because the question, it always becomes when you've got a successful coach or a coach who has been successful in the past, if you just want to get rid of him. Okay, that doesn't just solve the problem. You've no. got to bring in somebody that is going to be better. Who out there do you know would come and that you know would be better? And right now, if you're UK, it, it, it's an odd time to be looking at potential suitors because there aren't those just can't miss, chomping at the bit to take the next step in their career guys. I mean, I, you want to highlight Nate Oates. They've fallen short in the in, in the NCAA tournament a couple of years in a row now. You want to hire Eric, Eric Musselman, like, Okay, can what he does at Arkansas and what he did at Nevada really work at a place like UK? Um, like, oh no, 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 Muslim wouldn't last. I'm saying like the, there, last there are just question marks with all those guys out there, and so it puts UK and their fan base in sort of a difficult position. Now, I do think this year can tilt the scales one way or the other. If if Cal doesn't wind up rounding out this roster with a couple of impact players that have had success in college, if he doesn't get Reeves back, which I know they're trying to do now, and this is just a freshman led team that falls flat on its face and they limp into the NCAA tournament or whatever and just have a forgettable season, then I think the the growls grow and they become more legitimate. But if he has a vintage 10 years ago John Calipari type season 
where the freshmen lead them to a, a run to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or you know the Final Four, then it's all the power is back in his guy. Like this is a, a huge season for the overall direction of that basketball program. But I do like the infighting just because it makes me feel better about our infighting. <laughs> Actually, because I don't know. It's brothers fight all the time. That they're complaining about like getting Reese back and veterans. We're just trying to get a freaking win. I mean, we're trying to win more than four games, <laughs> which is like that's our own issue. <laughs> like, yeah, their arguments are like, how do we get back to win national? Well, our arguments like, is four wins good? That's the question. It's like they're over there arguing like, you know, how can we not get seat warmers in our car? Well, we're like, can, we're like, you know. Oliver Twist, like, can I get another? Can I get some breadcrumbs, please? Will our car get us home? Yeah, our car has three tires on it, okay? And then we'll worry about trying to fix it. That's (laughs) what we're trying to figure out right now. That's the difference in our worlds right now. And, again, angry guy, I'm not saying that UofL's problems and UK's problems are analogous. I'm just saying, for once, like, you know, our problems are kind of like, we're aware of them, but there's nothing else to talk about. Our roster's set, we're simmered down. It's nice to see you guys fighting a little bit. And it's June 13th. What do you want me to do? Um, okay, I'll tell you what, we're gonna take our last break. When we come back, we'll read some text because you guys are, you still have, you still have thoughts on HVL. You still have some thoughts on this UK stuff. Uh, we'll get to all your thoughts. We'll let you take the the last segment here in any direction that you want to. We'll preview tonight's NHL game in like thirty seconds. That's gonna be fun. Um, I think it's gonna. So be- that's all I'm gonna need. What? Thirty seconds is all I need. Yeah, we got the winner. We'll see what happens. Like Gail Sayers. All right, last segment coming up. Keep it locked right here. Rutherford Show continues next here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Yes, he'd rather be in Colorado he'd rather play his banjo in the morning When the moon is scarcely gone In the dawn, the subway's coming In the dawn, I hear him humming Some old song he- Schedule your appointment today Remember, stay cool, stay comfortable, stay air served. He was born in the summer of his 27th year. Coming home to a place he'd never been before. He left yesterday behind him. You might say he was born again. You might say he found the no. When he first came to the mountains, his life was I bet you somewhere Sean Mobs has got a tear rolled out of his eyes singing this. He is wearing his Nuggets t-shirt. He's wearing his Nuggets t-shirt. Still drawn from last night. He's got, he's got his valid English jersey on. We are celebrating the Denver Nuggets becoming world champions for the first time last night with Will John Denver today. Oh, you know, here it comes. Ready? Go for it. Ready? Colorado Rocky Mountain High I've seen it raining fire in the sky The shadows from the starlight are softer than a lullaby You're going to have to stop playing the song Sorry, John Denver's passed away like 30 years ago. He's not going to sue us. Well, the estate. <laughs> you want Spotify contacting us again? Ooh, 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 ooh. What? Spotify, John Denver. Rocky Mountain High or uh, Country Roads? Country Roads. Ooh, let's, let's test it. I don't know if we've done this one before or not. I don't think we have. The internet takes 20 years. <laughs> I also just like randomly stopped working during the break there. So that's, <laughs> that's what it does. 
You know how many times I've stopped burping during a break on the show? John Denver, uh, Country Roads, I guess two different versions are number one and number two. <laughs> it's two versions? By a large margin. Really? Annie's Song is three. Annie's Song is good. A distant third. Rocky Mountain High is fourth. Thank God I'm a Country Boy is fifth. I forgot about it. I can't believe I didn't play that one today. Yeah. There's two versions of Rocky Mountain. I didn't know that. Or Country Roads, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I think one's like live. One's... Oh, okay. He's got a live version. Yeah. Uh, but they are... Way, way more played than any of the other songs on Spotify. There you go. Uh, we've been... More we know. We were talking a little UK there. We've been talking uh, Haley Van Lith earlier in the show. Talked about the Denver Nuggets winning the world championship last night. Uh, yeah. I just saw... during the, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I was talking about the uh, the Reds game last night. Crazy game last night. Ricky Karcher coming in, getting a save in his debut appearance. It was a wild save. The Reds just announced during the break that he has been sent down to, to AAA Louisville. I'll cherish the Ricky Karcher era forever. If that's the only time we see him in the big league with the big league club, which I don't think is the, going to be the case, but if it is, I'll always love it. I'll always remember the Ricky Carter game. It was wonderful. Uh, Daniel Duarte is coming up from Louisville. Uh, the Reds also, are the, uh, the bats, I should say, they're also getting Nick Senzel on a rehab assignment, uh, as well as Tony Santillan. So some big names from the parent club. They've been in Louisville all year. We've had, you know, Nick Senzel been injured like he was like third, he's like he's the second pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's had injury issues the last couple of years. Um, we've had Votto down there. We've had, obviously, Ellie De La Cruz, and been killed, Matt McClain. And now you're going to have Nick Sanzel, Nick Sanzel down there. You're going to have Tony Santion down there a little bit. Uh, we did DFA Joe Kunal, uh, which I'm fine with. And then Henry Ramos is going back to Louisville as well. So, again, bats, reds, all sorts of stuff. We should mention also right now, before I, I forget at the end of the show, the bats have a noon game tomorrow. So there's a slight chance that we might be delayed. It could be like 3.15, 3.30. Could be. But usually those games go pretty fast. We've only been 3.30 the last couple of times we've had yeah. a noon game because the games have been like 22 to 16. So assuming it's a normal game, we should be good to go for 3 to 6. But if you t- tune in tomorrow at 3 and you hear Nick Curran, don't panic. We're coming. Don't get so mad, angry guy. Just enjoy a little bats baseball, and then your good friends Mike and Trev will be on to talk to you shortly. It's going to happen. We'll be okay. Great stat about the Bats uh, that Nick brought this up. And Jim's brought it up a few times during the season. But the Bats record for home runs in a season was like 100, it's 161, I believe, for the whole year. This year so far, not even at the halfway point in the season, the team has 102 home runs. Do they really? Jeez. Which is also, as Nick, Nick pointed out, is pretty crazy when you look at the fact that the Slugger Field's supposed to be a pitcher's park. Right. Which I never understood like what defines a pitcher's park and a hitter's park. Like, I assume other than the wall being closer, maybe. That's pretty much I said, it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought there was more technicals, too. Okay. I thought it was just, I, I didn't know. Um, so it is just as simple as it is. All right. Yeah. The Red Stadium is, is known as the Hitters Park, Great American, because it's such a short porch. Um, but it's they've got 100. So they're, they're only like 60 short with still roughly 70 games left in the season. That's nuts. That's insane. Now, I'm sure the number might slow down a little bit now with Ellie gone. Bavado's had what I think two. He had two home runs last series. Well, Christian Rodriguez and Strand leads the team in home runs. And he's yeah. still down there right now, much to the dismay of of Reds fans. But um, yeah. so that's could be cool if they set that record. It'd be awesome. I do like so Adam Wainwright pitched for the Cardinals against the Reds the other day, and they were mentioning on the the show the game was played in St. Louis. But he has said in the past he's referred to um, Great American Ballpark as the Devil's Lair. Like he hates it. he hates it so much <laughs> because, because it's so short. I mean, what do you mean short? I mean, it'd be that's a pitcher's ballpark would be the, the, the be deep outfield, right? Right, and Great American Ballpark is, is small. Oh, great. Okay, okay. So he calls it the Devil's Lair. He's got like he's always pitched really well away from home, 
But at, G- at Great American Ballpark, he's got a 5.73 ERA in 22 appearances and has allowed 37 runs. Oh, yeah, Riverfront was considered a pitcher's park, though, wasn't it? It was pretty big. Those cookie-cutter parks were usually pretty big. Yeah. All right, we've got uh, about 20 minutes here. We're going to take some text All from right. you guys to wrap up the show at 502-414-1450. Spicy Tuesday here on 1450 The Big X. A little spicy for the pepper. Things are, things are getting too spicy for the pepper. <laughs> Texture says, going back to the other big news of the day, Trevor got a PS5. Yeah. Texture says, uh, Trevor, you can get something called Wi-Fi repeaters that can help bridge the gap between your router and your PS5. That may help your speeds for downloading games. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't download, I only download games like once a year pretty much. So I'm, I don't want to put too much into it, but like, if I was doing that, that would be something to consider. The same texture that said people need to back off of HVL just said, oh, God, I shared a viewpoint with Angry Guy. I'm so ashamed of myself. <laughs> it happens. My life come to. It's like that Onion headline, the worst person you know, heartbreaking, the worst person you know made a great point. Like, it just it happens sometimes. I love Onion headlines sometimes. People you hate just will they'll, – they'll, they'll get some stuff right sometimes too, and you'll feel bad about yourself, but it happens. Texture says, is Aaron Williams on campus yet? I don't know. I mean, I, I know that he's still dealing with the injury – um, he was originally planning on enrolling early, and then he had the the, 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 uh, the surgery on his knee, which forced him to not be here. I know that there was there was hope back in March that he could potentially be ready to go for the first day of fall camp. But I haven't, I, as far as him being on campus and, and getting into the groove and stuff, I have not gotten an update there. I'm hoping. I mean, he gave no indication the last six months that he's not planning on coming here. So you'd love to have him here competing for playing time as a true freshman. He's one of the most heralded recruits we've ever brought in. So we need to, to make sure that happens. Texture says, HVL referring to herself in the third person is the classic prima donna behavior. Let us never forget this classic third person speech. A Bill Haywood must do what is best for him and his team. <laughs> it's a little big league. Oh, is that what? I don't, yeah. I don't remember that part. Okay. It's a great movie. It's, it's well, we talked about the movie. I just forgot that scene. Yeah, that's when he does the press conference, right? Yeah, a yeah. Bill Haywood must do what is best for him and his team. <laughs> Good pull. I love that. Yeah, Texas dude, Trevor, you have to watch Inside by Bo Burnham and his other specials. I agree. I think you would like Bo Burnham. Okay, stand up comedy. Yes, but it's it's it's, it's different. I wonder if I've caught him on the reels before. Maybe I feel like I don't see him on on my reels very often. I mean, I, I've been getting a lot of who's the, the British guy, Chris Carr. I have no idea. He does a lot. He he's kind of he seems like kind of like he's I don't know maybe it's because I'm I do like Anthony Jeselnik a lot. Like I'm very big into the, the dark that dark humor, um, and he's pretty dark. Um, Cars and seems to be in that kind of wheelhouse, but not as dark. He's had some bad ones though. Who's the guy like the Matt Rife who's doing a show in Louisville that so I had never heard of him, and then I only heard of him because I saw other people complaining about how. They'd never heard of him, and it's all anybody's talking about, which apparently he's a huge deal. I guess he's an Instagram comedian, but he was doing a show in Louisville. And Instagram comedian? Is people, that like being an Instagram model? No, I mean, he, I mean, he does stand up. Like He got big with this okay. stuff going viral uh, on, on social media, but apparently he's a big deal. I had never heard of him. I did finally watch a couple of nights ago. I finally got around to watching the John Mulaney special. Oh, which yeah. It was – I don't think I'm spoiling anything for anybody who's, who's saving it. It's different than his other specials. And I, I love Mulaney. I liked it, but it was more because I was more intrigued about him telling his story about, you know, when his friend staged the intervention and when he went to rehab. Because he's, he's, he's basically telling the story about him getting clean and then intersplicing jokes along the way. So it's different than all of his other sets. It's not as funny, like laugh out loud as, as his other specials. 
But like, I, I found myself just wanting to hear the stories. I think the rewatchability aspect is pretty low for it. But it was definitely it definitely held my attention. It did started, not hold my wife's attention who fell asleep after like twenty minutes. <laughs> have you started Ted Lasso yet? No. Are you are you holding off on it now that because people have hit you some spoilers? A little. I mean, a little bit. It's more like I just go home and I've, I've been f- watching the playoffs and the Reds like the last, and I end up not having time. Well, you, you know, that's not going to be an excuse very soon. Well, I mean, if the Reds can hold on, then I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on the Reds. The Reds. If I'm going to be watching TV shows, and the Reds are going to have to to get pretty cold pretty fast. Do the Reds have a definitive off day like the Bats on Mondays? Or I mean, most major league teams a lot of times they'll get the same Mondays day, off. Yeah, it's usually Mondays, Sundays getaway day, and then Monday you're on a break. But a select few teams, like the Reds, played on Monday this week. They played last night. They haven't had an off day for like eight days. And I think no. they don't have one until next Monday. So typically that's the way that it goes. God, our internet here is just being bad. Yeah, now nothing's working. I can't even get to the text line. I mean, I yeah, just, you may have to fire it up. Do I have to read the text line? Oh, that's not a good thing. You may have to because the, the <clears throat> WXVW has stopped working completely, and now my uh, hotspot has is not loading the text I'm line. I'm refreshing the, the text line. It's, it's giving me the, the the spin thing now. Same. Maybe it's a problem with the the Google Voices page. Who knows? Uh, but if you want to text us, do so, and maybe we'll get to read it. For, uh, here we go. Now we're, <laughs> You're my, now we're good. Maybe we'll read it. Maybe we won't. This is deal call. I, I can't read that one. The very first one I see. I can't, can't read that. Texas, I love the play that Denny would run for Tony Williams when they would line up four people at the free throw line for a, a blob. He'd step back to the three-point line straight away, and the other three would set a three-man pick, and Tony would drill it. It may have happened only once, but I was a kid, so in my head, and how it happened every game. So pick a pitch. That's a that's a play I used to run in little league all the time. Very similar. Where the, you drop the middle guy back, and the other two come together for for a full pick. Yeah. The only thing that I really remember about Tony, and this is also one of those deals where I, I was a kid, so it may have only happened a couple of times. In my head, it happened all the time. I feel like he hit the side of the backboard on corner threes a billion times. <laughs> he might have. Like, he was a good shooter, but I felt like he was he was a good shooter who hit the side of the backboard more than any good shooter ever should. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You might be right. I'll go back and watch film. Watch maybe he did that a lot. Texture says, here's some local rooting interest for the College World Series. Wake Forest, Stanford, and Tennessee all swing Louisville sluggers. I'm not rooting for Tennessee. I'm not rooting for Wake Forest. Who was the last one, Stanford? Stanford. I mean, it's Stanford. It's like, do you really need this? Don't don't you have enough Stanford? It's Stanford, yeah. I mean, it's bad enough you had to like steal the our year of the Cardinal description. I mean, and you're you gotta have every twin that go that plays college basketball go there, and you you, you it's Stanford. Stanford. It's just Stanford. <laughs> Come on. He's just Preston, man. <laughs> Preston. Texas Cal wouldn't go on Matt's show because Cal said Matt wasn't supporting the team and complaining too much when they lost to St. Peter's. I mean, I think that's kind of if that's true, then that's silly. But on, on Cal's end, like you've got, I know that we are. And look, we have the same debate on our show all the time. Like we're Louisville fans, we want the program to win, but when the program's not winning or things are happening that we think are are, are wrong or are setting us on the wrong path. Like we're gonna say it. It's it's the job. It's what you get paid to do. If if you just if we came in here every single day and after every all twenty eight losses last year, we were like, this is fine. Everything's good. They played really hard. They're so close. They're gonna win any day now. I'm seeing the improvement. They're gonna be fine. Then why would you ever put stock in what we had to say moving forward? <laughs> if we picked if I picked us to win every game last year, and we were 
four and twenty-seven going into that last game, and I said, you know what? Picking us to win. Why would you be like, you know what? He knows what he's talking about. He's got like just there'd be no reason. Like I, I think over, being overly negative all the time it, it has a reverse effect, and it, just, it gets annoying to listen to. But also, like you just to use the the phrase that I beat into the ground during the season, you have to call a spade a spade. Like you can't just sit there and be like. We're four and twenty-six. It's all good. And if you're UK right now, you can't be like, we haven't been to a final four in a decade, haven't won a national title in over a decade, and we're not getting closer, it seems like, to being in the middle of the national title conversation. Like that's not good. Like you gotta call it out. Do we have a riff with KP since he will come on this show? Uh I mean, I don't think he's crazy about it. <laughs> I don't think he's as in tune. Yeah, because that was KP's attitude. He probably doesn't like anybody but like himself and Jerry Eves, maybe. Well, uh, I, <laughs> just saying. he's one of those coaches, though, that he's not as in tune with like Chris Mack was listening to everything and like reading everything. And he was that was kind of obvious, and if he yeah. wasn't, he had people around him who were, were sending him stuff like I think Kenny Payne gets told by some people around him what certain people are saying. But I don't think he really which is good for for him. I don't think he really dives into the local media as much as some of the other coaches we've had. If you were co- years. if you were coach, would you give two bleeps what local media says about your performance, good or bad? To an extent, yeah. I mean, I think you have to trust yourself more than anybody else. I think you have to go with like what your gut says and what got you to that position of power. But I do think there's something to be said for not just shutting out the fans and not shutting out the voices around the program, around the city, who maybe are expressing the viewpoints of the fans. I think you have to at least listen and be willing to think that, like, hey, like this is what they feel. Like, I realize I have to do. Like, all the fans who are wanting to hear more from Kenny Payne. I don't think that's a small thing. Like, I, I think that that's something that you should listen to and be like, I do need to be more visible. I do need to, if, if I want more than 6,000 fans coming to games this year, I need to communicate what my my vision is for the program and how I'm going to get us back. It has to be more than just me saying, be patient, we're going to be fine. After a season that was as disastrous as it was a year ago, I need to get in front of people and tell them exactly how I'm going to do it. So I think that, the, you know, I, I think you should you should care what people have to say, but maybe you shouldn't let it influence you. You you should trust yourself above everybody else. I, think- I mean, as I've said about UK and UofL programs in the past, the coach has to be have an ego that makes them bigger than the program. Otherwise, think, they can't. Sur- I don't think they can survive. I'm with you. I think you have to be that person. You have, you have to mm. be that crazy person. Texture says, uh, let's not forget UK's also had a cupcake bracket in multiple years. They have had the bracket break their way, and they were in the easily the worst region this year. If they just won that game over K-State – I think there's a very real chance they could have made a Final Four. I mean, they win that game against St. Peter's. Who's to say they're not in the Elite Eight against North Carolina? Was that who that region was? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina, Carolina beat St. Peter's. Beach, yeah. yeah, that region did break, too. Texas, I recall UofL tournament runs. The fans were openly wondering if the game had passed Rick by. Winning has winning program has fans with expectations, for sure. I mean... I don't remember. I don't ever think the game passed Rick's about Rick. Pitino. No, but there was a conversation when when Calipari got there. I mean, there oh, were people yeah. who wanted Rick gone. Oh yeah, after 2011, and who wanted him gone up until we made that Final Four run in 2012. And it wasn't a small group of people. Well, the 089 disasters kind of didn't hurt. Well, because you had 09, which you like, 05 was great. We made the Final Four. Yeah, and then you were like, okay, we're building back in the Big East. Had a couple of good years in 07 and 08, and then it was like 09's the year. We're gonna win a national title. It's been too long. Over you know, two and a half decades at this point, mm-hmm. we and then we fall flat on our face in the Elite Eight, and then we follow that up with a kind of up and down season in 2010, and then 2011 is this 
Bridges. wildly successful overachieving season, but it ends with a shocking loss in the first round. And so everybody's pissed off. And it looks like 2012, we're preseason top five, we're going to be good. And that team underachieved for yeah, the first four months. And so people were furious. Like, he's pe- we've missed our window. It's not going to happen. And then March 2012, and I will say this till, till I die, March 2012 changed everything when it came to the the direction of the Patino era up until the, the scandals derailed it at the end. Like, that just it just, the whole viewpoint changed. And then... You lose to Kentucky, which sucked, but still they were the better team. But you go into the next year thinking we can win a national title. Then you do it, and then it's like boom, all cylinders, all, all systems firing. Let's go, Texas. I'm catching up on the basketball discussions on yesterday's pod. I don't think KP can afford to make Mike James a six man to start uh, White and Flowers without potentially losing him on an IG live at the end of last season with him and L. Ellis. James responded to a comment saying he should come at he should come back to be the sixth man of the year in the ACC with. I ain't coming back to not start. Well, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you want me to say to that? I'd prefer if that wasn't the case. But, I mean, I like the mentality. But if he does get beat out by a better player, I would hope that he would keep working hard and and being a a, a good role player. Let's say you won four games last year, Mike. Do whatever you think is going to help you win more than four games. Have you seen this? I meant to bring this up earlier in the show. This is because it's probably going to generate a larger conversation. But did you see the deleted Sidney Curry and LLS tweets from, I guess this was Sunday night? No, I don't, I don't follow him on Twitter. So, so Sidney Curry tweeted out every time I post something, it's always somebody from Louisville commenting on it. Another grown man that just sits on his phone all day on a burner account. And then LLS said, LOL, I don't understand it at all, bro. It's crazy to me. And then they both. A lot of people responded to it. They both deleted their accounts. Like safe to say that L. Ellis and Sidney Curry are not going to be pulling for Louisville to have success from their their new locations. I don't think Ella has as many hard feelings as, as Sidney Curry does, but they both very clearly don't think highly of the Louisville fan base. Sidney, don't worry. You good or bad, no one no one at the, the Grand Canyon is going to give two bleeps on social media about what you're doing. They want those games. They got a rabid fan base. They got a big fan base. Texture says, how many stripes are we thinking for the Thursday home uh, opener with, with for Jeff Brom after we take care, care of business in Atlanta? We take I, care of business in Atlanta. I'm thinking two and a half stripes. No, it's, that's the, the Murray State game, isn't it? Yeah. Well, two and a half stripes would not be good. Remember, you, no stripes is the best. Three stripes is the worst. Because we're talking about the stripes being cut covered. Off, yeah. Covered. Yeah. I'm thinking that could be a one and a half stripe game. Covering covering one and a half? Yeah. Well, because one of the three stripes one and, and also half. leaving one and a half. Right? I was going to say. <laughs> Math with Trevor and Mike. Not so that loud. I was like, what kind of six? <laughs> is it glass How many half? are visible? Is the glass half empty or is it half full? Is it six and one half dozen? <laughs> um, That's kind of an open end on one and a half. Come on, man. I'm going one and three quarters full. Take it. <laughs> well, again, that's that's a worst crowd then. Well, what, then uncom- I don't know. The, what, whatever's better. <laughs> a one-stripe game would be better than a one-and-a-half-stripe game. Again, no stripe's the best because it's totally covered. I don't know how this is. This logic is escaping you right now. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you're thinking in the Especially wheels with, just aren't spinning I think, at all. I'm not the one that came up with the stripes. Yes, theory. <laughs> and you explained it just now about how, oh, yeah, it's being covered. That's what we want. And you're still like the, the wheels just – it's just not clicking. Next text. <laughs> Texture says, um, Trevor, there's a wrestling movie with Charlotte Flair that's being filmed in Louisville right now. Really? I've never been a Charlotte Flair fan, really. But I didn't know that. Hmm. I finally watched that wrestling with my family movie the other uh, like a couple weeks ago. It was okay. One based on uh, Paige. Okay. 
Yeah, I've actually watched after I watched it. I watched the actual documentary from like off the whatever British channel it was made for, uh, and was based off of. And the documentary, which is like an hour and a half long, is so much better than the movie. Texas says John Ramsey didn't call a spade a spade. No, but I love John, and we like we had a nice little ebb and flow because of that. He, you knew what you were getting with John, but it wasn't just me being like, yeah, I think we're great. It would it put me in a bad spot a lot of the time, but yeah, I would have to. I'll never forget doing. And I love both these guys, but I had to do the pregame shows for football with John and Howie in 2018. And at, at a certain point in that season, it would be like, you know it, it, we'd do our predictions at the end, and they'd be like, "Cards over NC State, you know, 41 34." And Howie's like, "24 17 Louisville," and I'd be like, "52 6 NC State." And it made me look terrible, but you know, what do you want me to do? Oh yeah, apparently, uh, according to Sean Ross Sapp, who's a Lexington native, by the way, and one of the bigger wrestling. Are followers. you just going back to what was we've already moved on from? Okay, we've, we've I didn't we, move we've, on. We've moved on. Charlotte Flair and Liv Morgan. We have three minutes here. We, we've we're, it's it's fine. And I need ten seconds only. Nobody cares about this. You cared about the stripe argument. Well, yeah, people are, are talking about it. Texas says, is Rick Bozich the Trent Krim of Louisville basketball? Yes. Ooh, I don't know. I like Trent. I like Rick, though, sometimes. But the, just kind of the personality, like the old guy around, like he's been around for a long time. Everybody knows him. When he asks a question, kind of a hush falls over the room. I Trent's, th- Trent's a different character in season three, though. I think Trent's, I think they're different, but I think he still fills that role here locally. I guess. Watch season three first. Texas says, Mike, you need to start watching Maven's Midnight Show. I don't, I don't know what that is. Talking about Marcus Maven. I know, but I don't. I don't. He does like. I guess he gets like hammered and does like a. <laughs> that sounds fun does already. A stream, yeah. Um, Texter says, I, "I I will start watching that." Texter says, "Keep your team close and your rivals closer. Eat my shorts, bumps." Oh, it's Angry Guy. <laughs> he also Did said, he say, "Eat my shorts." He also said, "Hey, Mike. Uh, hey, my name's Mike, and I have a small peepee." <laughs> it says, "Hey, I'm Trevor, and I like Wagyu burgers. Grow up." Well, yours was way better than mine. <laughs> What, 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 you like, is, you what like, does he say to me? You like Wagyu burgers. You like fine, like highly priced meat. I've got a small penis, apparently. That's, <laughs> those are two way different <laughs> different shots to take. I guess he likes me more. I guess, clearly. I mean, apparently I, I'm my Wagyu, but as long as I have a giant penis. We have like four straight texts from people talking about how John Denver just reminds them of Dumb and Dumber. I mean, it's a great line, right? It is. I, mean, who has, I, I don't think I've driven in the Midwest and not dropped that line at some point. I mean, it's it's a good one. You can't not, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's classic. Texture says, um, T. Reeves reminded me of the last thing of the Christmas story with the waiter's carol. I'm pretty sure you can't say that stuff like that anymore, T.J. Oh, this is from, this is a KRC text. T. Reeves? I, yeah, I'm guessing somebody was trying to do an accent based on that text. Um, right, We don't have time to read any of these. Was it bad? No, no, they're, they're, they're very open-ended questions. Oh, we don't have too many open. Yeah, you won't even let me just update the booster no, on the wrestling. No, no we're done. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making jokes that need your interaction, and you're just not responding at all because you're looking up something that we've already moved on. What was the joke? Tell me the joke again. No, it's done. It's done. It's okay. It was a great joke. Everyone would have been talking about it tomorrow if I'd gotten a courtesy <laughs> laugh. But because I was met with silence and you looking up Ric Flair's daughter's acting career. Who's to say I, was, I wasn't actually listening and you just weren't worthy of a It just wasn't good. Yeah, I was listening. Was that the joke you're referring to? Oh, man, that one. Come well, on. I know you can't do two things at once, so that's a blatant lie. All right, we got to – I can't look it up because the internet's dead. I'm assuming game 
five is tonight. It's right? in Vegas. Vegas is minus two, one and a half goals. Uh, does Vegas close this thing out in five? Are we done with the NBA yeah. and the NHL playoffs at the same time? Done. And take Vegas on the points too. They'll cover by. They'll cover two goals tonight. They win like six to two tonight. Florida wins. Ooh, really? Taking the Panthers. Sirius stays alive. Golden Knights are going to win this weekend. The people of Miami have one more thing to cheer about. It's the it's the the playoffs of the road team. I'm taking I'm taking Florida to stay alive. Take this thing to six games. Vegas is going to win, but Florida wins tonight. That's my prediction. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I might put a little money on Vegas just because I'm you know I have a problem and there's no other sports. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's where we are now. Is it is it really a problem if I can admit it? Yeah. Still. <laughs> Everyone have a great Tuesday night. Again, bats tomorrow at noon. Bats tonight. Bats tonight as well, but bats tomorrow at noon, so we may be a slightly delayed. If you turn turn on the show at 3 o'clock tomorrow, we're not on right then. Don't fear. We'll be on very shortly. should be 3.30 at the latest. Yeah, Louisville Bats in action again tonight at Slugger Field. Keep it right here. St. Paul. Nick Curran and his dulcet tones, his gorgeous voice, are going to take you home. You have Jim Kelch with him, too. Go Bats. Go Cards. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3-ish. Take us home, John Denver. I've seen it